This is a Galactic Network podcast. The Podcast of Terror is a great podcast. It's covering movies that are not for children, and thus this podcast is not for children. The hosts are two adults who will use bad words from time to time. They'll also spoil movies if that's not your thing. So if you don't like spoilers and you don't want to hear some dirty language or some dirty references to dirty parts of your body, then please, please, please wash your body parts better and do not listen to this show. If you can handle it, and I hope you can because there's a great podcast coming up, then please proceed with Podcast of Terror. Welcome to episode 150 of the uh, podcast here, production of the Galactic Network. We run this podcast, including show notes, content, information, subscription links. Go to gncast.com slash pod. I'm Matt Stein, Corey will be here shortly. Joining us this week, uh, Jack Bacone, who's been here fucking 15 times, uh, and then his friend and previous guest, Ben Granoff. Um, ben draws a shitload of really cool cartoons. We'll definitely get into that. But this week we're going to talk about Unbreakable and Split since Glass comes out um, next week. And I just had it. I am um, drinking a beer that was brewed in 2013. So I got that going for me. Oh, it's like it's a fine wine. It is. It's pretty fucking good. I was scared to drink it in case it sucked. <sighs> I think my pen just went into the couch. I'll be right back. What? <laughs> okay. I guess while he's getting the pen out of his butt cheeks. How have you been, Ben? Looks like you're busy I'm with your, your cartoons and stuff. I'm doing lots of cartooning. Um, I have uh, I, sp- I spent the day um, doing some inking on one assignment and um, laying out another one. I was laying that my our friend Adam Garcia mm-hmm. wrote this Spider-Man story like ten years ago for me, and I decided to to play with it a little bit. Nice. Are you so doing, you, you have like a Comic Con coming up or something you're doing? Um, I have a small convention. I work with uh, with adults with disabilities, and I help them make comics, and I take them to conventions. Oh, wow. And that's my job. Yeah, it's a great gig. It's my favorite. Oh, you're a better person than I am. Well, it's, you know, it's what I do. It lets me. It's flexible, and I get to freelance and do whatever I need to do around yeah. that. So it's a pretty good deal for me. Nice. Yeah. When is that? Or I guess when yeah. is your next one? That one's in that one's in two weeks, and then we're trying to do the big alternative press one here in New York, and that's in April. Oh, nice! Well, be cool. But that one's curated, so we'll see if we get into it. I I work with some really really talented people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sweet. So, so we're doing that, and then I have a, a book that I'm like just the pitch is just wrapping up, so that's good. Nice. So we should move on, on to the next. Um, who's in my lap? Jesus Christ. Uh, but I did ironically find a real pen uh, that I didn't know was in my couch. I also found my uh, 64 gig flash drive that I uh, 
hadn't lost for a year, and I found a 3.52, looks like a another 3.5 millimeter adapter. There's treasure everywhere. <laughs> I did cut myself on some rusty nails, so uh, <laughs> this will be my final show. <laughs> hey, Corey. Hey, Jeff. Cheers, fellas. Hey, Corey. Yeah, hey, how's it going, Ben? Huh? I'm good, man. How are you? Are, are you guys both in Wisconsin now? Is that is that the living arrangements? <laughs> Practically. Corey, where, where do you live? I, I just moved from Northern California to Michigan. In Michigan. Okay, so you're close. Hell of a change, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a it's been an interesting adjustment. All right. Did it snow oh, by I, you last night? Oh shit, yes. Oh, okay. It's been snowing for the last I mean it it stopped at some point in the middle of the night. Uh but last night and a little bit of the night before it, it was just coming down completely yesterday. Somebody it was beautiful. You got a haircut. Say, it looks awesome. I know when he turned his hat out, I couldn't tell if it was pulled back or if it's gone. Mine's gone. It looks good. <laughs> I'm thank you. I, I still got to figure out what to do with the beard. Well, that's yeah, I don't know. Don't ask me. I look homeless. Well, I think you're. Once I'm employed, I can start to look homeless again. But yeah, for right now, I have I to fucking make an effort. You you grow facial hair pretty quick though, so I guess if you had to shave it or trim it pretty tight, it wouldn't be a big deal. I had gotten my first professional shave uh, just before I left California, and it was real embarrassing. My wife has only seen my upper lip twice in our relationship of twenty years. <laughs> And uh, neither one has been very pleasing for her, so it was Jesus. it was kind of upsetting. And I had to I had to grow that back real real fast. I I was like plugging my nose and and ears and, and blowing, just hoping. <laughs> Grew a second penis. <laughs> um, it's as unimpressive as the first one is, though, so it doesn't matter. How was the shave? I only did it once, and I went. I, so when I lived in the city, I always went to a barber college. Uh, where I get $4 haircuts. And, uh, you know, they would usually do a pretty bad job. There were students that were learning. Um, but it was $4, and it was nearby. And usually the teacher would come by and kind of, like, fix it and, like, give them pointers. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why, but at one point I, I always saw it on this menu, and I was like, I want to shave. And the, the kid, he was just like, oh, really? And I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah. And then he's basically like takes out the, the blade. He's holding it as if it's a lightsaber and he doesn't know what, what he's doing. And he puts it to my neck and he's nervous. And now I'm nervous. Oh, You've just given him a license to murder. Yeah. And the reason I wanted it is because I, I, I just to this day after uh, nearly 20 years of shaving, I still do a terrible job and I, I get razor burn really bad on my neck. And uh, yeah, and he, I thought it would be better. And it wasn't. I just he butchered me. The lady was skilled. Uh, so there wasn't any kind of irritation or anything. She knew when to go with the grain or whatever. Uh, she just, like a lot of haircuts I get, she went too short. I, I'm not very good at describing what I want. I put myself in the, in the trust of the people that I'm with. And, uh, it, it just turned out to be not what I had intended when I went in there, but the experience was great. And she was very nice and very attentive. And the whole thing was was fun. I would do it again. Um, but the place that I went to out here, my mom took me to where she gets her haircut and it's a bunch of ladies with Midwest hair. 
<laughs> it's just like let's just let's just go with what you think is fashionable for a dude around here and uh i'll i'll shave when i get home i'm curious what you consider midwest hair that short in the back long bangs looks like they gotta bump it right on the oh. on the crown that is, there were two women of, of probably at least a 15-year age difference in that place that were both cutting hair that both had that hairstyle. And there were, I think, five women working, so it wasn't like it was the greater portion of the women had it, but it was very five noticeable. Women working. Yeah. <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. I'm getting so distracted. You guys, Can you guys hear the audio pops that I'm having? All right, good. It's dry, they're driving me nuts. I literally turned off the power to my sound system, and I'm still getting them. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask uh, how that was going. Gonna driving go me nuts. I had to watch both movies with them and I, after trying unsuccessfully to stream them on my iPad and my uh, MacBook Air. Uh, and I just, uh, I just, yeah, I just, life is just terrible. But um, wow. what would I want to Sounds great. Yeah. I just, just want to say something about the hair, uh, the shave, and I lost it. Fuck. Shit, no, I'm, I'm, my brain's good. My brain is just... This, this is awesome. Just, just like meat and fat now. There's nothing else there. There's no <laughs> meat and fat. Left. There's no light. Um, I totally forgot what I wanted to say about that. By the way, meat and fat is two of my favorite things in the world. So just... <laughs> like, how's, how's my level? I can't feel bad for you You're with fine. that. Um, I'm trying to open up your YouTube page because I feel bad. I always ignore your chat. Oh, don't worry. Uh, so do I. Is it chat at the same time? Yeah, they they're fans. Uh, chats. Jack, can you turn yourself up a little? That's why, that's why I was asking how my levels are. Yeah, Beatmaster said it, you needed to be better. And you always trust in Beat. And I just don't give a shit about anything anymore. By the way, hi Beat, hi hi Brandon. Uh, where do I go? To go to YouTube. Are we live right now? Yeah. So. Oh boy. Just keep your clothes on. Or don't. Or don't. Yeah, yeah I don't care anymore. What do we care if we get banned? Wait. Take this motherfucker to Twitch. What? <laughs> what, are they the, the terrorists? The people in the chat? <laughs> What's it called? Well, one of them is from a foreign country, so make it that way you will. Oh, Jesus. Oh, hello. That's nice. have an international. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but he's from, he's from Switzerland, so he's pretty much neutral. You never say correctly where he's from. Nope. But I think he's actually from Switzerland, so I think I got it this time. He's from Switzerland, so he's pretty much neutral. You never say correctly where he's from. Jack, is that you? But I think he's actually from Switzerland. I'm on mute. He's from Switzerland, so. Ben, are you playing the video? Someone's playing the video back. Yeah, Ben's playing the video back. Ben, you cannot be unmuted until you mute that fucking video. Or just pause the video and you can watch the chat. Or you can do is that true? Can chat. you do that? Can you, if I pause it, the chat will keep going? Yeah, you yeah. can. I pop the chat out. Ah, fuck yeah, I was right. I told you guys, Beatmasters from Switzerland. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't say that though. Don't oh, don't give into it. Don't be right. Don't give him the satisfaction. All right. Of you knowing you where he is. He's that actually be like telling Rally Bear you actually know what time zone he's. In. He's from he's from Singapore. Can you yeah. unmute our guest? Oh shit! Sorry, I'm trying to. <laughs> Uh, I've remembered what no, I wanted to say. I can't unmute him. It won't let me unmute him. <laughs> ben, we can't hear you at the moment. Matt's an idiot. Yeah, Ben, I I muted you, and now it won't let me unmute you. Did... 
Like I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, it's just fucking. He's but a mime at this. How point. does that happen? I don't know. No, like there shouldn't be. Unmute. There, he just did it himself. There he is. There he is. I, I, uh, I remember what I wanted to say. I agree with Corey about uh, <laughs> about not uh, not knowing like how to tell them what kind of haircut. I've never successfully communicated the kind of haircut I get. I just one out of every three or four is the one I wanted, and I, I just like I just go with those odds. Uh, there's a great somebody did a great tweet where it's just they they uh, they butch like barber butches your hair uh, does awful job makes you want to kill yourself uh, holds up mirror looks great thanks yeah. yes that's exactly right photo of yourself when you have a good haircut and say I know but it's so you like the guy in the photo I, I can't do that it's so awkward and weird I've gone in with photos of celebrities and stuff when I've had like a specific hairstyle but I found it a lot easier when my wife worked for Alta to just go in when she was working then she would tell the person how to cut my hair because it doesn't matter what I do. It's never going to be her happy when I get home. <laughs> so if she's at least there for what happens, the blame lands on her and she won't, she won't tell me that she doesn't like it. Uh, I just found out from somebody on Twitter. Uh, somebody posted some, something like what uh, is 2019 the year men stop getting this haircut. Uh, do they know they look like neo-Nazis? And I was offended because that's the haircut I always want that I can never get. It's basically like the shaved on the sides, the kind of like not a full Guido fade up, but I, I like to be very short on the sides because yeah. I, I have very curly hair and it grows quicker on the sides because I'm going bald. So I look like Krusty the Clown after six weeks. So I, I, I wanted as short as possible to let the uh, the top keep up. Uh, but apparently that's a neo-Nazi haircut. Actually, you know, Ben was uh, I was maybe the first person Ben met when he moved to New York City. Uh, when so he then, when he showed up in his neo-Nazi movement, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what I looked like? Uh, like that was because that was literally, like that was well, as close Staten Island as I was gonna get because that was the, you know the, from that day forward I slowly became uh, more uh, gentrified into the rest of the city culture. But that was pro- my accent was probably at its thickest. My haircut was definitely at its most Guido. I had my silver chain still. I had a little mustache. I want to see that. Do you have pictures? Uh, yeah, I have my NYU ID somewhere, probably. Mm. Um, yeah, and then me and Ben went out for uh, for lunch or dinner uh, within 15, 20 minutes of meeting each other. I and, assume uh, you just went and ate Italian food. <laughs> he spilled soda all over my food. And then uh, he just was, bibbidi bobbidi boobidi. <laughs> no, I was fine. I was like, all right, whatever. He's freaking out. He thought he just made an enemy for life. I made an enemy for life. Welcome to, welcome to New York. You're going <laughs> to die here. You're spilling Diet Coke on my burger over here. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, me and Ben lived together our first year, uh, freshman year, and uh, I, I love him like a brother. He's amazing. So you guys, oh, thank you. you guys, gonna kiss real quick, or <laughs> it wouldn't be quick. <laughs> I mean, well, I got time. I'm trying to dig up a fight. I don't know if I'm I, waiting. I, you've seen photos of me in high school. I don't need to dig these up. But I want to see full Guido Jack. Like, did you see my prom? Uh, Probably. I also saw a weird picture of you dressed up like Robin. I can't unforget that. Or I can't unsee that, that one. Only a couple of years ago. I, <laughs> doesn't make it any better. I'll send you pictures of me as Robin then. Oh, God. I imagine wait, wait you're just you, naked wait, wait with the mask me. on. <laughs> wait till you see my red hood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm no, you're not. That's what it shows. is Nightwing. <laughs> Did you know that they're changing Dick Grayson's name in the comics yeah. now? They don't. They feel they finally determined like we can't call him Dick anymore and get away with it. So we're, we're gonna 
they they wiped his memory and have him redoing his whole life from scratch, and they they want him to be called uh, Rick Grayson instead. What? This can't be real. So well, no. I, I'm wishing for Rick really? to be the new slang for Wang. <laughs> What's ready? Come on, there's nothing wrong with Dick. Yeah, it's not like it's Keith. <laughs> You're gonna offend all the Keiths in the audience. I, I no, that's that's crazy. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I, I will offend that. the Keiths. And the, Keith has had it too good for too long. <laughs> before, <laughs> okay, so before we lose our entire listener bases of Keiths, <laughs> I do want to point out, um, Jack. I know Ben. Do you like football at all? I watched 15 minutes of football today. Okay, so. Yeah, it's pretty on par. I know Corey. It's, very, it's Corey's favorite Keith. sport. Yeah, it's very Keith of you. <laughs> so the Bears lost last week by one point because their kicker missed the forty-three yard field goal. Yeah, so that was terrible. Yes. So a brewery in Chicago basically said, "Come down here Saturday, kick a forty-three yard field goal, get free beer for a year." What? People fucking lined up for oh, we gotta five get, hours. How, how big of a field goal? Forty-three yards. Oh, Jeff could do that with his eyes closed. We gotta get Jeff out there. Well, it was he already missed it, but everyone missed. It was also snowing, oh. and most people like ate shit when they kicked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure Jeff could can have you, done can it. You but only get one kick, or can you just yep. like keep nope, going one back? kick? That's it. Yeah, you don't even right. get you don't even get to warm up. Like I've never kicked a field no, goal. But you also don't have the team trying to tag you out. No. That's true. You have all the time in the world. You're not against an offensive line that is trying to collectively butt rape you move your colon to another portion of your anatomy yeah that with their penis i i appreciate this fucking thing for what it is which is yeah, yeah you come down here and show me how you can do it bitch <laughs> there was another video i found and it was like people who were watching college football and it's like i could make that field goal so i think it was espn but they flew the people in and they were like hey do you know why you're here and they're like no i have no clue and then they handed them the tweet and then they figured out that they were gonna have to take the kick Everyone fucking missed that thing too. <laughs> also, imagine the physicality of a person who's trying to win free beer for a year has got to be like Captain America levels of uh, of masculinity. Yeah, yeah. There was some <laughs> peak athletes at this event, and you know it's not a real year. I remember when I got a year of internet when I first uh, got fifty six k, and I blew through that shit on South Park chat room <laughs> six months. Well, you know, they say if you get like a year of something, it's usually, you know, like what, a six pack a week. But I think it's from from the brewery itself. So it might be like two or three pours a week. Oh, Jack Salty Balls say this <laughs> Internet is bullshit. I can't believe I'm not paying for this. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you have previous guest, uh, Jeff Wallenick. Uh He's, you know, he's the kicker for the Predators. He is, he can kick. Uh, he. He can do 40, 50 or field goals. He's he's really talented. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has that soccer background, which I believe helps. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the fact that he actually, balls. like, kicks field goals. But does he want the free beer for a year, or will he donate it to charity? Like, uh, here's my free year of beer at a local AA or something. <laughs> I could see, see, I could see a year's worth of beer for Jeff being an actual year's worth of beer. Jeff doesn't he, drink he can, that much? He can live in moderation. Uh, must be nice. Yeah, well, he, we make him drive everywhere. He's the only one still left that drives, so he can't drink that much. Why don't you just take an Uber? You have those, don't you? Uh, I, yeah, I'd take him. I don't, Jeff would never take an Uber. Why not? Why is Jeff so weird? That, first of all, to Staten Island, it would be like a $150 oh. cab ride. I don't know. 
Believe me, I've tried. He lives by my father, and uh, it, it uh, takes me two and a half hours to get there on the holidays. Because uh, I, I want Uber. Yeah, I got to take a train to a bus to a train. Oh, so if you were to drive, how long would that take? From where I am, uh, I live off the BQE, which is the most congested highway in the world. Um, if there's no traffic, half hour, 25 minutes. If there, But normally <laughs> it's more like 50 minutes, hour. Oh, that's not terrible. Sometimes, I mean, it's yeah, not, not bad, good, like but... Yeah, it ranges. Huh. Wow. Uh, yeah, I see. I got a digital camera in college, so I uh, I don't really have any photos from high school. Oh, you know where I could show you photos from high school? Oh. Oh, I don't think they exist your, anymore. Your Tumblr? Shit. No, yeah, me and Dan had a, a website for our high school sketch group, uh, but I think after like 15 years, I think sometime what, last year. What was it called? It. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, you'll never tell me what it is. No, no, we, we we've been very careful about that. Oh fuck! I think I spent some time trying to find it. Um, what is it? A Geocities website? Or is it? No, a, it was uh, not. A, a, I'm not saying Geocities. Yeah, no, it's gone. It's gone. He did it's say Geocities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is it? Is it Geocities or Geocities? <laughs> I feel like no, I, I was being serious. I, I, Geocity sounds like Sorry, man. <laughs> Geocity sounds like a like a like an atrocity and a genocide. Exactly. Wow. I, I like it. I was I was like, wow, there's an even better way to say this. Uh, I say I just, uh, so. I've been so, saying GIF. Oh fuck. So with a movie like um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody or, or Walk the Line, I like to call them biopics as opposed to biopics. See? Because it's too. a biography, it's not a biography. So I, call I them biopics. Uh, it just it sounds it sounds you know more for, for more professional than like biopic. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So you don't be a about how I say Geo Cities. Yeah. No. So I mean, no. But the way you said it was really. I really enjoy Geo Cities. I think that sounds great. See, I think it's the way to class it up. <laughs> it's like putting lemon in your water. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to come up with like a WordPress pun. I got nothing. Never mind. Oh, I yeah. I hate WordPress. I have to use it all the time too. <sighs> yeah, I got this updated version at work that's been driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. So I think now they're you're supposed to web design for mobile, which. Ugh. Um, I I just tried. To, I get this iPad. I spent a goddamn paycheck on half a paycheck. Uh, and I haven't used it once, and I'm trying to use it. And it really, I, I, my gut was telling me for years I wasn't gonna like it. And everybody's like, "No, it really, it's great. It's great. It can mostly replace your computer." Did you get the I pro? Hate I hate no, no. I got no. the six though, which which uh, uses the pencil, because um, that's what I wanted. I want to be able to mark on screenplays. Yeah. Um, and it's just, just like I just trying to make a copy of the PDF and rename it, like uh, rename the file, because I, you know, so I don't fuck up, fuck up the original. Uh, while I make my notes, just that took me like five minutes on the iPad. No, don't go off script, Jack. Don't don't take the iPad and expect it to do things that you wanted to do. It's <laughs> you adjusting to how it wants you to do things. That's all it is. It's like being married. <laughs> it's so intuitive. Hold on, yeah. I can't find a picture of me, but uh, can I send pictures in this chat now? Right? You can Probably share not. your screen. I'm not gonna do that. Oh, um, oh you don't want ahead. it to be on YouTube? <laughs> yeah, that's why. Um, anyway, I'm going to send you a screenshot of our door or part of our door. Uh, me and Ben were always very insistent on decorating our dorm door with art. I mean, everybody was in college in the dorms. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we had a very specific sense of humor that I don't think anybody else appreciated, at least not on our floor. Let me see. I cannot wait. 
I don't know what it is. I mean, you guys feel for, this is going to take me a couple minutes, so please oh. don't, don't <laughs> stop the show. So, uh, okay, good. Great. Better off telling us not to start the show. Have yeah. you guys seen Glass? Have we started the show? Technically, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. You pre you pre introduce us, right? Yeah, right. I, I do as I little work as possible. Glass comes out on Friday, Ben. On Friday? Yeah. Is it going to be good? I hope so. So uh, I saw a story earlier today that says that the critics are not liking Glass, but a bunch of people who got to go see it in a triple feature, uh, M. Night... Uh, Shamalama Ding would, Dong. Yes. Uh, he was there. Oh, he he talked the whole thing up, and then they watched uh, sort of what we're doing, except they got to see the, the third. Uh, they watched Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. And most of the audience reaction has been fairly positive oh, good. but the expectation is that audiences are usually more positive in that sort of situation when they get to see the preview especially with the director or writer of the film or whatever and so it's still it out, i imagine right right it's probably fans of unbreakable and or split and they're all tagging him in their tweets saying how great it was and stuff and even then there's still a little bit of like oh, it's all right but yeah overall it, it's probably going to be ostracized by critics and fan Wank will enjoy it a lot more. Is so is he still on the rise, plateaued on the way back down? I think he's on the rise so far. I think this will be the make or break. Okay. Oh, that's that's big. You, I feel like he should be, get a pass on this because this is obviously more of a, uh, a passion project, personal project. I feel like no matter how this one goes, it, you should get a pass, and then his next one can be all right. Is he back or not? Or maybe he just earns a, a reputation as an inconsistent filmmaker. Um, I mean, certainly Scorsese and uh, even Spielberg. So every once in a while, they have really good ones again, right? Everybody loved Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. You guys like Shyamalan? Do you do you like these movies or not like these, or are you neutral about them? So are we talking Split and uh, Unbreakable, or all of Shyamalan's? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to jump like. Yeah, whatever. You act like we have rules here. Yeah. I don't want to break a format. I don't know. There, there is no it. format. Okay. So yeah. you can do whatever you want. Oh. Um. So do you guys like him? Not like him? Bias? Neutral? I like some of it. Like I didn't. Yeah. I didn't like watching Unbreakable again. I didn't really think it was that good of a movie. <laughs> and I know you said you hated it. So. But then I watched Split, and I remembered how fucking good of a movie Split is. Yeah. Like whatever. I'm, whoever the dude is that played everyone. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was amazing. He's amazing. So good. He's but good. that, but that's the thing is, I think, and and I'm I'm gonna admit right off the bat, I'm the opposite. I I really loved Unbreakable, but I had seen it in the theater and have a love for it because it, this is before superhero movies were getting popular, and it was kind of a trick on you. You didn't know that it was a superhero movie until actually you saw it. Um, I, I can definitely look at it now and say, okay, a lot of that was probably rose-colored glasses, which that means that somebody was dead in the scene. And uh, I don't necessarily like a lot of M. Night's shtick because I think he got a little too full of himself after Sixth Sense and just kept doing the same thing over and over again. Split, I think McAvoy runs that movie really well. I like uh, Anna Scout Joy. Uh, I think she was really good in it. But a lot of it, I think, was just a lot of crap. And I think it was made better by a great performance by a great actor. But it really was the, I'm going to tell you all this thing. And at the last second, I'm going to tack on this other thing to make it seem a lot cooler. 
because it's it's attached to this other movie that I was I got a lot of praise for, and hopefully you all still like that shit. So <laughs> I have a problem. I have a few problems with the film. Well, it's a, um, there's a lot of bunk psychology in it. Yeah, and uh, I got a lot of bunk comic books in Unbreakable. All yeah, none of the none of the comic book stuff in Unbreakable is authentic in any way at so, all. So at all. So he's like both very self important mm-hmm. and completely off base and inauthentic at the same time. It's a it, it must have been a humbling experience. I kind of get really pissed off about people like uh, M Night and uh, Quentin Tarantino. And a lot of these Hollywood people who seem to think that they're comic book fans or know how to speak about comic books and have no fucking clue. I mean, you can say you want about Kevin Smith as a director, as a writer, whatever. The guy fucking loves comics and has made comics and understands comics. All these other assholes come out there and they're just like, oh, yeah, I get the genre and I can speak to it and everything. Fuck you, you can. You don't know shit. Yeah, well, Kevin Smith trotted out like Mike Allred and like, all kinds of other guys for the convention scene in Chasing Amy. And it, it made it so authentic and so credible. And, um, you know, and it was still funny. And here he's so confused about what he's making and what it is and everything they say. And it opens up with Wikipedia facts on comics. Oh, yeah. And, it, and its biggest sin is that it talks about comics as if it's a genre and not a medium. Yep. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, so I, I, uh, I mostly agree with Corey about, um, unbreakable and I'm soft on split too, but I think for different reasons, uh, in general, uh, did you guys hear the story that John Krasinski's told, uh, last week, uh, where he was at the globes or, or I don't know where he was, but, uh, apparently he's good friends with, um, Paul, uh, Thomas Anderson, uh, through Maya Rudolph, I guess, or maybe his wife is, I'm not <laughs> sure. But anyway, they go to dinner parties and stuff, and they were talking about a movie, and he's like, oh, I hated that movie. And then, like, a little few minutes later or something, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson took him aside and goes, hey, man, I just want to let you know you should really never say you hate a movie uh, as, like, a professional courtesy now that you're a director. Uh, You know, just – you can have your opinions, but you really shouldn't talk shit about movies. And uh, he says that was uh, really opened his eyes, and, and uh, he, re- you know, like he's he gets it because they've they've gotten bad reviews for their vision. Imagine putting all your hard work into something, and yeah, yeah you're gonna read the reviews and you're gonna know it's gonna suck. But if you know somebody who knows somebody, it's, it's a little more awkward, and especially if it's your occupation and it's hypocritical. We um, uh, we so do that I, when we play shows. Sorry. Yeah. But it's well, it's the same thing because a lot of times you don't, tell the, you don't tell the opening act how terrible. No, is. and I also don't really tell someone I don't know very well my thoughts on the bands that we're playing with because but, I you know no one want we don't want to beat those guys where it's like yeah they're really good but they're dicks and yeah you know. and I and I personally try not to talk about or or even listen to but uh, they go that goes hand in hand uh, like other Simpsons podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I don't even, I'd like to think mine is better than at least most of them. Um, but even if, you know, even but it's, if it was, it's all I wouldn't subjective. Want to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, I've been trying to live with that philosophy more, even though we, I, I do a show that trashes a show and I'm on your show that, that trashes movies. I get it, but everything's with a grain of salt. Yeah. Nothing, none of this fucking matters at the end of the day. So I mostly agree with you guys about M night Shyamalan, but I'm, I was thinking while you guys were 
talking about him. Imagine this guy. He's probably, what, 27, 28, not even, when Sixth Sense just explodes. He'd been a screenwriter for a few years before Sixth Sense. He did, like, She's All That and stuff. Um, you know, I don't know how he got where he got because he's very lucky even to get something like that. But anyway, Sixth Sense made him, you know, we're talking about his name. Everybody knows M. Night Shyamalan. That's a, yep. you know, there's, there's 50 directors maybe that you'd know like a name like that. He's, he's one at the top of all time. And it's from the first movie. And it's from, he's not even 30 years old yet. So imagine, I think, I think you're right. I think it's his ego. I think he uh, got a little too full of himself and people weren't checking him. And that's why the next few movies weren't so good. Um, but maybe it's also part of this or all of this where he's just like this crippling, oh my God, I got to do another twist ending. If I don't do another twist ending, everybody's going to hate me. You know, you got all these studios, you got, you, it must be the most stressful thing in the world to do, to be hit, like 30 years old, coming off Sixth Sense and doing a second film. Now he's been around, he's proven he can still make money and he's had enough uh, uh, disappointing movies where now he's probably much more relaxed as an artist. He knows none of this fucking matters. But I bet you for Unbreakable, which was the second one after Sixth Sense, that must have been the scariest shooting experience of his life. And it didn't do particularly well. It, it got increased uh, interest later on, but it, it didn't make what Sixth Sense made, or I think even close. It was not right. considered the success. But I still think that there was a heart to it. Mm -hmm. And it, it felt like it was both true to his voice it's one of those things like you see an M night movie, you know, it's an M night movie unless it's last airbender or something. Uh, but right. well, even in that one, he uses all the same motifs. It's all elemental stuff and water stuff. And he also doesn't know anything about the characters or the subject that he's, he's writing on. Is no, the, the, last, the last airbender breaks my heart. I saw the movie, uh, well before I knew anything about the show. Um, and, uh, I thought the literally he airbended by, he was, a, it was a Kung Fu movie. From based on the trailer and that like when he kicked so he could kick so hard that it would like throw a wave of like shot like a shock wave that's what i thought that's what i thought i was walking into uh i forget how but eventually i watched the series years after i see the movie and i think it's one of the greatest uh modern i think it's like i should be up there with star wars in terms of like expanded universe and fantasy and stuff like that um i think it's brilliant and i and i think the sequel series is even more brilliant uh, so that really blows my mind that the movie is as bad in retrospect. Like I saw the movie, it's like, oh, a bad movie. Now it's like, how do you whiff that? And it was fairly faithful to the show, too. So I don't know. I don't, maybe he's just not a good director. I don't think, well, especially I just with remember actor. people coming out of the movie and saying, you, did, you couldn't even say the main character's name right. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> of all things, how do you not have them say the, the character's name correctly? Oh, really? It's not like there was an, a ton of source material. But yeah, so what I was going to say is that M. Night's style, stylistically, you can look at a movie and know that he's the one who did it. You can look at a uh, Tarantino film. You can look at a Tim Burton movie. So nothing to take away from what his accomplishments are, but I think he fell into the same thing that Lucas did, which is that at some point he didn't have people that he could actually trust and listen to to say, hey, you know, take this in another direction, or he just stopped asking for directives or whatever i don't know but i i got to a point where i just was tired of his shtick and and it's okay if that's if it's your one note jam and that's all you ever do and and you get continued success with it that's great but i think at some point people want to stop hearing the same bon jovi album and over and over again and they want to get a new sound and he doesn't <laughs> he didn't come up with a new sound until he <clears throat> basically started having failures in films and people got tired of that and 
I, I appreciate that he worked his way back to getting into the the zeitgeist of people's views and stuff. And like when Split happened, but all I remember is everybody coming out of Split and saying, oh, my God, that ending. Oh, my God, that ending. Not talking about the ending of the story, but the tacked on bit of the connection to the other thing. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty bad way to rate a movie. And do you think people were generally, besides film buffs and guys like us, do you think, and, and women like us, do you think that people were <laughs> genuinely like, sh- like the uh, the general audiences, because Split was a pretty mainstream hit, gave a shit or even knew what was happening when uh, uh, Bruce Willis, with the name Dunn, so they have to remember David Dunn from Unbreakable, that most people didn't see when it was out, and it was 18 years ago, so most people were like, what the... If I was the age I was saw Unbreakable now, I wouldn't know what Unbreakable was. And like, do you think people are like what, Mister Glass, David Dunn's back? Stop the presses! <laughs> I, right. I think a few people Luke were. Skywalker's Darth Vader's son, David Dunn, and Mister Glass <laughs> are in Split. What? Uh, all of the all of the news coverage was very matter of fact. It wasn't like you may not remember this twenty year old movie. It was. It was it was, the reveal was that they were, uh, you know, it was teased after Unbreakable that there was a universe of movies coming. Well, not it wasn't a universe because there, there was no such thing as or a whatever, universe, or whatever. But it was supposed well, to be a trilogy. It was, uh, right. yeah, and like I, I really, well, like, yeah, the greatest of all film achievements. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked Unbreakable uh, when I saw it in the theater, and you know, I was I was fifteen, sixteen. I was just thinking, I didn't realize it was that far back. I remember seeing it with Dan. So that means that's one of the movies where either my mother or his mother dropped us off. And I think it was PG-13. But if it was R, they would have to get in line. And she, like Dan's mother would go, I'd like to buy rated R tickets for my son and his friends. And like we're doing this in front of kids who are slightly like one or two years older than us that don't have to go through that. It was, it was humiliating. And Unbreakable was one of those films. Uh, and I liked it when it came out. And I was excited because I was like, okay, that was kind of boring. But season two, I mean, uh, the second movie and the third movie are going to be amazing. You know, I, I I don't like origin stories for the most part. I I, I they might be the most uh, satisfying of of movie arcs, but uh, I know what's coming. Like uh, Heroes, the NBC show, I I never liked it, and I just like season one was so boring, and I was just like, all right, once we get to season two and everybody has their full powers, not knowing that would never happen because of uh, you know creative issues and the fact that you can't have everybody have their powers because of budgets and. But I always think the the beginning, the origin star is the most boring. I can't wait for the sequels. I can't wait for Avengers two or three, Spider Man two. Um, well, it's and, a promise. It's a promise that's never fulfilled. Exactly. So I was very excited to get this trilogy. Eventually, I was like, okay, they're never happening. And then I, to, I don't know. I was almost disappointed that this is how the sequel is coming. But at the same time, I'm super pumped. We're getting a Mister Glass movie. I don't care if it's good. I don't care if it's bad. I'm just curious to see it. Mister Glass. So his character is probably the thing that I like the least in Unbreakable. Someone else was playing that character and bringing them to life in a less schmaltzy way with less like on the nose production color design choices. Um, It was very dumbed down. Yeah, It's really weird. The one thing that there's two things I like that he does. Okay. So all the comic book stuff sucks except for the handwritten note. Um, or, uh, yeah, the one in the car. The, Which is the only thing I missed, by the way. That was the one time only, I went to It's the night. only like comic book thing that has any kind of authenticity. The the lettering font on how he does some of those letters is is like a classic comics font. 
But so this, like Corey said, this was happening right at the very start of the, the modern comic book movement. It was after Blade and probably X-Men, and that's about it. Yeah. And do you think you have to dumb down uh, the color schemes and everything because movie audiences aren't acquainted with the comic book style? Or is that or if no, I think that M. Night had done that with the color red in The Sixth Sense. And so yeah. every time he would do a shot, like when Dunn is in the the whole like space where he's touching people you see the color of that person's jacket is very expressive. So you see a red jacket and then their red is the only thing that you see in the next scene of them exposing what their dark secrets are. You see a yellow one, you see this one. And so the purple with glass is obviously the very stark contrast, but it shows that he's been a villain the whole time because he's always been in that kind of color scheme. And it's those extreme color schemes that kind of show that these are the bad people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, but I think that's an artistic choice. My problem that I look back at this last night as I'm rewatching it for the first time in years is, holy shit, is Elijah the shitty-ass comic book fan that you're not a good enough fan in his eyes? You do not deserve to say you're a comic fan? Is yeah. he the fake comic girl guy? Because when that guy's trying to buy a piece of art for his kid, yeah. and he's like, no, get the fuck out of here. How many fucking yeah. times do you and your gallery have a chance to sell a priceless piece of, of comic history to somebody and then give yourself the moment and say, no, fuck you. You don't buy this for your four-year-old. What's this four-year-old going to do? Make a paper airplane out of it? Who the fuck cares? <laughs> Take the sale. You're going to break something. You need insurance. Yeah. I got to imagine that you're not easy to cover. Fucking take it. And right. I just was like, fuck, this guy does not give a shit about comic books at all. My favorite parts yeah. of Podcast of Terror is when Corey goes on a capitalist rant. It, it happens all you lot. earn that dollar you earn that buck uh no yeah it, it, he would totally be the face of like gamergate now so i'm <laughs> curious based on what i've seen in the uh the glass trailers i was something i so i don't think i've ever this was the first time i've watched this movie in full since maybe college i, I think i saw it once after the theater um but maybe since the theater uh and there was a lot of things i forgot about and i didn't remember uh mr glass's uh, way of talking like it's almost aut uh, autistic like the uh the very uh, uh, over eloquent and and he uh, works his way around and it does the child need a tissue or something like that you know like not even talking to the child as if it's there um, and I didn't get that sense in the very few things I've seen in the glass trailer in the glass trailer I feel like it was just Samuel L. Jackson being Samuel like he goes looks like the bad guys are teaming up like I don't see Mr. Glass in this movie saying something like that he would be. He would say something like, "It appears that there will be a, a union, an alliance." The of character movie. is so jazzed that there's other superhero morons to hang out with for a movie. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, wasn't the whole point of Unbreakable was like, "Wow, we have a superhero now," and like, yeah. you so tell me how it went? I didn't see the last twenty minutes. Of what? Unbreakable. <laughs> Unbreakable. Oh come on, that's the best part. I. This is what I think happens based on the okay. one. Wait, wait, so where, where did you leave off before you tell us what you think? Uh, he's like, it's like he's wearing his fucking awesome looking hood cape. Yeah, his poncho. He's wearing his great poncho. It looks it looks like a great superhero costume. It's a rainproof. It's a rain, rain jacket. It's literally his armor against rain, against water. His weakness. So I think he gets in a he gets in a, a pool, like the tarp of a pool, and he's got he's going to drown. You turn it off there in the most exciting scene in the movie? Or no, before that. This is just what I remember. I, knew <laughs> I hate this movie so much. I, I really... That's like watching that's like watching Avengers and then Thanos snaps and you're like, I've seen what I need to do. <laughs> All right. 
Hey, if it makes I'm you sure feel any better, I didn't even get to Thanos snapping in the Avengers. Um, so, so you stopped at the end, Ben. You didn't miss much. Basically, uh, the kids save him, pull him out of the water because that's his weakness. He's because drowning because they're, they're all heroes together. He makes he lifts up their reaching hands. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just want to give Matt. I just want to give Matt a moment to say uh, what you missed. I'm going to spoil it for you. Is Thanos snaps and then it turns into a whole thing of uh, you can't hurry love the Phil Collins cover. Thanos just <laughs> I love that with song. like four other Thanos singing around him and stuff. It was beautiful. <laughs> I wish that would be kind of amazing. Um, it'll probably be better than the end game. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I, yeah. So he, he, the kids save him with a pool skimmer. He kills the guy. He literally chokes the bad guy to death. The parents are both dead. He saved the two kids. And then the next day is the first day he wakes up and he's not sad anymore. And he shows his son the newspaper headline that says masked uh, hooded hero saves children. Nobody knows who he is. And, and uh, he's just like, he's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you remember you watched. Don't forget that he also heals his marriage from it. it, it it's that moment of he picks up his sleeping wife and drags her up to his bedroom, which is a weird <laughs> cut from him, like lifting up the dead body of the dead uh, mom. It's very weird, but well, their dynamic is really there's a lot of there's some there's some rich stuff in there. I think. We'll get there, we'll get there. But he, but it's a happy ending, and you think it's the start of a superhero, and it was. It was supposed to be the first of a trilogy. So I was depressed. A at the end of Split, it looks like he's uh, unless he's you know still that's his secret identity. But clearly in Glass, uh, he's he's been in a mental hospital for a while, so that's no fun. I don't know if he's been in a mental hospital for a while. From what I'm gathering from the previews, it it seems that they all wind up there. But obviously, uh, so Ben, you don't even know what the glass is the villain from they the first movie. Glass, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah he, basically, he realizes uh, he he did the uh, he did all the bombings looking for somebody who would survive. He blew up yeah, the, plane, yeah, yeah. He the train. He started yeah. the fire. Those, those miraculous words in perfect. It's there's definitely an autism element to it. I think that he plays it too dapper. Like, like he should really just be a guy in the street with long boxes. Well, let yeah, me. You're right. He's got the suits and the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> let Let's take a step back. Remember 1999 when this movie came out? What were the popular things of superheroes? Was Batman Begins out yet? Because no, it's no, very no. much that's another superhero origin story, uh, and and the villain is very like ah yeah yeah. But um, we had Michael Rosenbaum playing Lex Luthor on Smallville and Michael Rosenbaum would just walk into a room and start quoting Nietzsche or Sun Tzu or some bullshit to get himself in the conversation. He just comes in, philosophizes for a second and then like goes back out to being made. Is he a bad guy? Is he not a bad guy? I mean, I know he's like, but is he a bad guy? And it was a lot of stuff like that. It was the villain had to be smarter than the hero, had to prophesize to the hero a lot and were they a bad guy? Were they not a bad guy? And it made them kind of this like line walking thing. And so Glass, we don't realize is the bad guy until it's revealed what he's done. But he still sees himself as noble as to making it happen. He does acknowledge that he's the archvillain to to David Dunn. But he does it in such a way like this was his mission in life is to find this hero, to bring this hero to fruition for the world. And so he went through villainous ways to do it. But, but he sees himself being the part of the reason why there is a hero in the first place. Ah, so do, but do you do you think he doesn't see himself as a supervillain? I no, see, he I, does. Okay, okay. My favorite part is his car. Is his? <laughs> his 
in he case he gets it looks so comfortable <laughs> it looks very comfortable i mean he must have made a lot of money selling comics yeah and that's another thing he's hanging out in that comic store later on yeah and he he he's like he's just sitting there and he doesn't fucking realize oh a superhero has a weakness until he sees the cover of a comic and remembers it. but then you look in the back of his his uh his uh, art gallery later, and you see just walls and walls of fucking comics. Like you have something in there where the hero has a weakness in one of those fucking issues. You had to go and go comatose in the back of a comic store and piss off some guy. I felt that because I, you know, I've managed about three different comic stores in my life. <laughs> he, uh, he lit. Do we lose Corey? Uh, he freezes once in a while. He uh, he literally uses the word kryptonite at one point. Um, he yeah, goes, that's weird. And also they rip off the action comics font. Well, that's fine. I, I, that, I don't mind. I, I, I get what they're doing. They can't use action comics, but they're trying. They're, 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 they should have just gotten a license. If they're going to say kryptonite, they might as well be like. Well, who released it? Disney about. released this. this. This is a Disney movie, and uh, they certainly uh, aren't going to get uh, uh, Warner Brothers ip but um the fact that he knows what kryptonite is means like the weakness is a, it's not like an obscure super uh, comic book thing he should have already been thinking on all the times he was looking for a hero that the hero would have a weakness that's because shyamalan doesn't know anything about comics like that's all he doesn't know anything you read about wikipedia you didn't see the the, the openings <laughs> there are yeah, google search results but no, you're right. He shortcutted the dialogue. He 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 wants to tell the audience, "Oh, this is the thing that I'm talking about." But he shortcuts it while saying, "I didn't know about this thing." So surprisingly, there's an issue of a comic that I remember. Oh yeah, they look for the weakness of all the superheroes. I couldn't just say to you, "It's kryptonite," <laughs> the word that I'm about to give you in the following breath. <laughs> yeah, no, the writing in this, and I think in Split, is very bad. Uh, I think I'm not Shyamalan struggles as a as a. It's it's funny that he's a considered he is a writer director. I think he would be much more successful as a director. I think he's a great director. I just don't think he's a great screenwriter. Um, and he, narrative and structure he's not bad with, but dialogue is very bad, and he's not great directing actors. Uh, and Split has the same problem with just, you, you know, movies need exposition, but uh, it's, it's very clunky in his films. It's, and, and like, the, I hate the fake way people talk. I re that really bothers me, unless you're stylistic like Tarantino, and, you're, and that's the point. But I hate when you're trying to sound... Like you, like more naturalistic, and by doing that, you sound even uh, worse. Like so, uh, the opening of Split is like the the kid, the way the kids talk with the dad, and like it's just everybody sounds like they grew up in like Aaron Sorkin's house, and I, I that I I never buy, especially with teenagers, and especially with like yeah. you know the and uh, that's why I don't even think I don't I don't know I don't know if the autistic thing is on the page or if that was Samuel because I don't think Sam I think Samuel L. Jackson can be a very hammy actor as well. So I don't know if that was an acting choice or if it was on the page, but it, it probably was on the page where like M. Night Shyamalan, he can't think of a, of an eccentric character that doesn't speak 100% eccentrically. There's no gray areas for him when it comes to that kind of stuff. Well, uh, the other thing is, is I think screenwriting has taken this, this shtick of every movie that we do that's supposed to have some dramatic reveal towards the, the end is we give you a line early on and then we repeat it at the end. 
You know, why, why, did, why do we fall? So we learn to get back up, Bruce. It's the same bullshit concept I'm, I'm, done over and over again in superhero movies. It's like, here's this thing, this message that we just hinted at earlier. And here's that same message coming back. And now you have that click of realization. And it's like, okay, I fucking get it. But is that all that Hollywood can do with these movies anymore? Is that all every writer does? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Nolan because uh, uh, I was thinking exactly of Christopher Nolan when you're talking about uh, M. Night Shyamalan just doing the same Bon Jovi uh, album over and over because Nolan and Shyamalan are very similar directors. Every one of their movies is basically the same, um, you know. Which, uh, it, it's it's different in, in very superficial ways. The, they they have a formula and they have a pattern that they stick to both. Uh, they're more. It's mostly visual and emotional. Uh, I think Nolan's a slightly better writer, but also he doesn't write his own scripts. Usually, he has co-writers. Yeah. Uh, I think that's important. And and maybe uh, Nolan's probably a stronger filmmaker. So, but what's funny is he Nolan has not had a single bomb. He is he has hit every single time. Uh, Prestige was a hit. Batman Begins was a hit. Uh, uh, Inception, even Interstellar was like, you know, it, it didn't do as well as people wanted and Dunkirk didn't get the Oscars people thought, but they do all right. And and critically, they do all right. Even when people go, ah, it was OK, they never trash it. And, you know, Shyamalan had a, a, a dud right out of the gate uh, after Sixth Sense with Unbreakable. Uh, Village wasn't very well received. And Lady in the Water was really just tanked. Uh, signs got mixed. I love signs. Signs, my favorite uh, Shyamalan film. Um, but he, he, you know, he. By the way, have, uh, he didn't have the momentum. Nolan, every imagine Nolan's like uh, the first or second Batman movie tanked, and like Nolan had Shyamalan's career. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Joaquin Phoenix was supposed to play uh, McAvoy's character in Split. Really, he was supposed to play Doctor Strange too. I think. Uh, I think I would like that better. I think James McAvoy does a good job, but I think. I don't think he does a great job. Uh, I think uh, I think he gets it's I don't know. I don't know how you can do a bunch of personalities, especially like a, an old woman and a kid uh, without seeming very hammy. There might not be a way right. to do. It. I haven't seen um, Sally Fields split personality movie, but it's in the, the it's inherently kind of actory uh, thing to do. But there was a couple of his his Barry or actually, I guess it's his uh, the other guy pretending to be Barry. I thought it was re- like he, he actually did a really good. I don't know. Like it's to me, it sounds like a New York accent. I know he's in Philly, but uh, the Barry character is my cousin, like was a very specific like type of person that I just immediately was like, oh, he's turned into that character. Whereas when he was the little kid, it was like James McAvoy's playing a little kid. Um, the little kid was rough. The little kid was hard yeah. to to buy into. The, I think the Joaquin- Phyllis character I liked a lot. Yeah, I think Joaquin Phoenix might have may, maybe may have uh, done a better job. And I, again, I think McAvoy did a good job. But I think I mean uh, that would have been interesting with Phoenix, and he's just creepier. Well, so here's uh, Beatmaster's calling us out in the uh, the chat. The water is the weakness again. So here's one of my things: is do we believe at this point that the reveal, the the final scene of whatever this fucking movie Glass is going to be, is going to be the reveal that uh, Dunn and McAvoy's character got their powers from the aliens from? Yeah. Because oh, the same weakness. Yeah. I absolutely, I believe that for years. I've always believed uh, that David Dunn's powers must come from the aliens that come from signs. I like that. I like that a lot. And I wish I didn't know that because if that had happened, I probably would have been like, oh my God. So so Split was spoiled for me too. Nobody told me that Dunn was in it, but like I was already seeing the articles. Like, are you know, could, could Unbreakable, uh, there, could there be a sequel between Unbreakable and Split? I didn't know there was a specific 
uh, reference, but I already had the two movies in, in my head together because of that. So when it came, I was like, okay, that makes sense. And uh, I would, I really, I would have loved to have known what my reaction to David Dunn being. I think I would have really been excited if uh, I saw David Dunn and had no idea he was coming. Because again, I am a big Unbreakable. F- I, like I, I, I haven't seen it, but I have. A, it has a place in my heart. I, I think it's a cute film. No, I think it, again, going back to the the twenty years ago that it happened, I was very excited when I came out of that of like, holy shit! I can't believe what this movie was. Because it it subverted my expectations of what I was walking into when I saw it. And I thought there was a lot there that was very promising, but in a world when we didn't have other superhero movies that were doing well. And and certainly we've had the the gamut run of like high-end super movies, low-end super movies. This wasn't Steel. Uh, It wasn't Catwoman. But it, it wasn't Winter Soldier, which is one of my favorites. On the other hand, we've also seen the Marvel thing happened so much that we kind of can tear apart the Marvel movies real easily now and know, you know, did they achieve, did they not achieve, are they just doing the same thing over and over again? Um, But I, I, I felt at least because one, it was very new to me on, it was only Shmaelin's second film and it was new in the sense that we didn't have a lot of other great superhero films. We'd already gone through, I think Clooney's Batman. Uh, It was like, okay, this is kind of a breath of fresh air. But the other part of it is that he wrote Unbreakable because he didn't want to do a whole superhero movie. He felt like he was more interested in the origin story than the whole other thing. He he like had taken the superhero journey and decided that the origin story was the most interesting part. Then he did a supervillain origin story in Split. What if he's not capable of doing anything past the origin? Yeah. What if he can't make these two characters or three characters meet up in a way that is actually interesting? Because every time I see the commercials for Glass... It's uh, McAvoy's character jumping through the the ground like some sort of beast thing, which is inherent to what his character is supposed to be. But it looks really bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, the beast. The the beast. Uh, yeah, and that's the other thing that's confusing. Or the horde. Who's the, who's the supervillain? The horde or the the beast? Horde. Right. Pick one. And uh, also, my my psychiatrist doctor doesn't recognize that I could possibly have an a twenty fourth personality. Oh yeah, you've got all these twenty three personalities bumping around and knocking into each other and shit, and sending me emails and stuff. But there's no fucking way there's a twenty fourth one. You dumb bitch, you deserve to die. <laughs> um, so I want to take a quick moment here. Uh, uh, in your chat, there, Beatmaster uh, says it won't be the aliens that give them the, their powers. It'll be the plant life. Oh. <laughs> nice little, nice little reference to the happening. Which again, I see. I don't hate Shyamalan. The happening is a terrible movie, but like, I, it, oh, I but when I watch that. it, there's like these things I like about it, and even the things I don't like, I like that I don't like about it. Like Mark Wahlberg's terrible in the movie, but I kind of like it. Like I like how terrible he is, and I like the way he's terrible. Um, I can't watch it. I I can't watch any of the, like I after the village. Yeah, I was just like, I'm not watching anymore. And and Wahlberg is definitely not ever going to be something that draws me towards a film. I was very disappointed in the village um, oh. because, because I I guessed the twist ending halfway through, and then like the same thing is with Prestige. I've never seen Prestige since the theater, and everybody tells me I got to rewatch it, and I'm going to rewatch it. Uh, but I hated it because right away I realized that what the twist was going to be, and then right. was, and that you know, and and the, the point of the movie isn't the twist, and that that's a problem. That's why you always end up like. In, yeah, I yeah, but watch, like, twist, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Matt, I sent you those photos. I sent you three oh, I, photos. I saw from, them. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know if you wanted to share them with your the screen there, but uh, it's it's me and Ben. It's up to uh, you if you want me to. Well, that's why I sent them to you rather than uh, that's why I, I screenshotted them and cut out all the other stuff. But it's uh, uh, it's me and Ben, sixteen years ago this month because that was when I got my my first ever digital camera. Um, and uh, yeah, and it, the one is of our door, and like the jokes are hilarious because we we put we thought this was the funniest thing. We we said we put the ween. In Halloween, the joke was supposed to be that Ween doesn't mean anything. It wasn't a reference to the band, uh, and we just oh, thought that, about that, that kind of nonsense humor was so fucking funny. See, that's not really Guido me though, because already no, my hair's out and I bleach blonde my thing, and I got the the I switched from a silver chain to a rope, like a three dollar <laughs> rope. I do that really like Ben's Raiders sweatshirt though. It does look like you pushed the little daisies and made them come up though. <laughs> yeah, it's I get it. <laughs> and, then, and then the door. What's going on? And like so, like yeah, pictures then, of you on the internet. And then we have the St. Patrick's. We did a St. Patrick's Day thing, uh, and um, you know we thought it'd be like what's you know we thought a dinosaur would be funny because that that's not Irish. Uh, but I I do love uh, I do love Ben's drawings. Ben Ben has a great uh, aesthetic. And then we put so for Halloween we put Super Mario, RoboCop, and Raphael. And we we're like, who are three non-Halloween characters? But that's such an inherently stupid idea because it's Halloween. Everybody's a Halloween character because you dress up of them as them for Halloween. So none of our j- jokes were funny or made. We were the M. Night Shyamalan of dorm door jokes. Of life, glory. <laughs> of life. We're the M. Night Shyamalans of life. <laughs> the twist ending is uh, this is it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Um, so here's my notes for the movies because uh, I, I like I like how you guys dance around, but it's very hard for me to. Uh, no, I, I thought about taking notes, and I'm like, no, Jack is going to do that. <laughs> so I want to talk about the beginning, the comic book facts being listed in Unbreakable. Oh. I thought it was very unnecessary. You don't need that. You don't need that. I don't know why he would choose to do that. And then at the end of the movie, they do um, like freeze frames. It's like Mr. Glass was sentenced to 18 years, like the end of the People's Court. It's like David Dunn. <laughs> David Dunn was awarded seven thousand dollars in damages. You will have to pay the lawyer's fees. You know stuff like that. And I don't know if that was if that that was Shyamalan. What the fuck are you doing? First of all, you only see that in movies when it's a true story. You know, yeah. like uh, like Goodfellas. You find out that uh, Henry Hill was sentenced to seventeen years of, is now in witness protection. You don't do that. David with Dunn fake is movies. now known as Senator Blukowski or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like you don't have to do the do that. You know, unless it's a comedy, but. Um, I was thinking maybe the the studio, the studio may, maybe made him do that because they, they were like, it's not clear that Mr. Glass gets away with it or something like that because uh, Dunn basically just walks away and it's like, is he going to get him arrested? Is he going to call him out? Is he going to just let it go? You know, So maybe the studio made him do that to dumb it down. Uh, so that's my first note. My second note is Bruce Willis, 2000. He's This is one of his first bald people where he shaved his head and he's now like, you know, grizzled uh, sad bruce willis which started with six cents but i didn't realize that he was still so young looking in the beginning of that that new phase like he really looks young there it's crazy well this kid's not that old no i know and it, like he's it's scary to think that i'm older than probably the first three john mcclain's at this point or at least around uh, at least the first couple um uh, we already mentioned the clunky oh here this a little House of Cards trivia. There's four actors from House of Cards in this movie. You have, um, you have uh, Robin, Wright. Day, Robin Wright, Robin uh, Wright, the doctor at the very beginning, which is one of my favorite scenes, where he's like, 
trying to figure out how Bruce Willis doesn't have a scratch on him. That's Michael Kelly, who uh, is the second lead in, in House of Cards, third after uh, Kevin Spacey. Uh, and he is also, he's a great character actor. He's, he's, uh, I know a lot of actors who know him. He's, uh, you know, he's just been working his ass off for, for a couple of decades now. Um, uh, but you, I fell in love with him in the Dawn of the Dead remake. He's like the hick, uh, mall guard that is like right. a asshole, but then like, uh, turns out to be one of the best characters in the movie. Um, so he's great. Uh, then you have, uh, the, oh, the guy in the fatigue jacket that gets out of line when they start padding for guns. He is, um, He's the hacker in House of Cards. He's like uh, he like hacks the election basically. Ooh, hacker. Uh, and he starred on the comeback with uh, Lisa Kudrow, and I saw him very in a very bad mood with his wife and daughter on the uh, the uh, R train about a year ago, which I'll never forget. Um, and then uh, there was a fourth one. Oh, this this the killer at the end. He was uh, one of the bodyguards. He was one of the Secret Service agents. So a little weird for for House of Cards uh, superfecta there. Oh, I had a question for you, Matt. So I remember one of the scenes I remember is when he's bench pressing and they keep adding the paint cans and he just keeps going. Yeah. And you're making such a big deal out of like, holy shit, he can just keep doing it. And then at the end, when he's li lifting all of the weights and all of the paint cans, he's like, how much is that? And he goes, uh, 350. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. 350 is a lot, but it's not, that's not superhuman, right? There's people that can do 350. Yeah. Um I, I, the most I've ever benched is 335. So you came almost as close as a superhero. Yes. Um, but our friend, like friend of the show, previous guest, Matt Vincent, has benched damn near 500. And so why is it such a big deal that it's 350? I think it's just because he's a small guy and he's. Yeah, like, because he's not a professional bodybuilder. No. He's not someone who's doing a lot of lifting normally. And he was surprised that he did 250. So to go from 250 to adding another 100 pounds and still being able to do it and not really feeling, it seems like the resistance that he felt was the same at the 250 was the 350, yeah, yeah. that it was probably all mental. Yeah. Well, realistically, he, yeah, in a grounded film. He was film, never living up to his own potential. Yeah. I, I would, like, that works in a grounded film, but I just feel like it has to be more cinematic than that. Yeah, it, does, it didn't seem to make a ton of sense, like, um, kind well, of like you said. Not much. What was maybe that? it's not supposed to be that, that much, like, you are so you are supposed to remain a little skeptical about okay yeah, that's yeah. Good. and what's within the realm of reality. But and they like, do make it such a heroic moment. What? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because he's like a schmaltzy, overselling, you know. Yeah, yeah. A, a guy who has has spent his years trying to pretend that he was subject to a bad injury, yeah. so that he doesn't have the physicality that he had when he was in college. So it, it, it's both a surprise to him because it's like the, while I don't believe it, the thing about him, when's the last time you called in sick to work or whatever, and him having to go through all this rigmarole to figure out if he's ever been sick. It's like, fucking dude, I know if I've been sick or not. Yeah, yeah and I know, and I at least know my sick days because every time I take a sick day, it's like, you know, it's money out of my goddamn check. Yeah, and he's only lived in that house for like three years. So you'd know if you took a sick day in that three years time. Yeah, yeah. Weird, weird, weird choices. Um, I do. Here, speaking of weird choices, how about like the fact that so they worked very hard on the score, they wanted to come up with a very memorable score. I don't think they did. I think the split score is better. Um, but what there I love were points of the split score where I thought it was this score used again, though. 
Uh, they might, it may have been, it was, a, this was much more strings. And I remember uh, split was a lot of piano, but, um, it was very subdued, which is what made it really funny that the very beginning of the film. And then when he becomes the superhero and he's in the station and he's like touching everybody, they play this like funky nineties beat that was, you know, only popular. Like, like I, I rewatched the Rocky fight scenes, uh, recently. And I forgot that the <laughs> fight scene in Rocky five has this like nineties hip hop beat to it the whole time, which is ridiculous. It's like, and like you know it was like that mtv style like crooked zoom-ins and um and anyway so i was very surprised i mean it fits 1919 1999 2000 it fits the the time period but this serious grounded unbreakable you know this sad somber rainy superhero film starring grizzled bruce willis and the soundtrack's like and then, and then I realized at the end of Split, it comes back too uh, when they when they introduce uh, Bruce Willis again. That, that that you know, a Split just has this haunting ending. She's going back to her rapist uncle or whatever, and uh, the splits the Split soundtrack fades away, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Unbreakable, you know, <laughs> the Unbreakable rap. Yeah, exactly. That would be the opening to Unca- Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt or whatever. Yeah. My uh, name is Glass, and I'm here to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Put that fucking comic down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, first of all, never watch the movie Lady Hawk. Uh, if, if you grew up with it in the 80s, we were very forgiving of that soundtrack uh, behind the scenes of this otherwise beautiful fantasy film with Rucker Hauer and Michelle Pfeiffer. But uh, it's really tough to watch and listen to that music in the background now. <laughs> uh, we we had a different period where we accepted a lot of shit like that, and the 90s and I were think, terrible. Yeah, it's it's funny. I I look at pictures of me in high school. I'm like, what was I fucking thinking? But it, yeah. in that moment, it seems okay, and it's hard to create something that's timeless. And mm-hmm. I, and I worry about that. It's it's like watching Labyrinth for the first time in the 2000s if you didn't see it in the 80s, and you're like. Why are so many people so into this movie? It's an okay movie, but it doesn't work unless you grew up with it. And I, yeah, I think yeah. that there are things that you just kind of look at and you can tear apart. Like, who made this decision? What is? Who thought this was okay? It's like, well, every fucking Matrix movie ends with Rage Against the Machine. Every Transformers movie ends with Linkin Park. <laughs> it, it, just for some reason, the signatures get a little bit overloaded on these things. Yeah, I don't know who's yeah. been the contract. I, I always wonder if like what in 20 years, like if I try to shoot a film and make it look like a 70s film, uh, I can do that. You know, um, the Starsky and Hutch comedy did that. Or if you want to try to make something look like the 90s, uh, 90s style or something look like a 50s or, or the artist looked like it was made in the 1930s. And I always wonder, like, what will the spoof if you're playing up the artistic tendencies of the 2000s? What would it be? And I think maybe. Although uh, pop culture has slowed down since the 90s because of the internet and stuff. Uh, so now uh, uh, 10 years of fashion last 15 or 20. But uh, I think the movies with like the last 19 years or so are like unbreakable where they're over self-serious, you know, and the bomb and the. And oh, the, yeah. And like and right now we just kind of like, yeah, all these movies are self-serious. But I wouldn't be surprised if like that becomes a hallmark of this decade or so of, of uh, types of movies and music and stuff, you know, even our music is all very minor key and like sad pop. Uh, and I would be very curious. It would be funny if in like 2040 people are like, Oh, we're going to do a retro vintage 2010 superhero movie where everybody's sad. It's always raining. Yeah. I can see them doing that. I love that story. <laughs> which, which story? <laughs> 
Um, oh, this shitty slow motion in the movie surprised me too. You ever see like the really choppy slow motion where they like it, everything gets blurry when it gets slow? Like unsolved mysteries. Yeah, and uh, um, uh, Lethal Weapon did it a lot. That's because they didn't film it in slow motion. They did it in post, and there's not enough frames to really keep the image clear because you're stretching each frame out. And that means they didn't script it to be slow motion. They came up with it in editing. And I just, you'd think M. Night Shyamalan, who storyboards everything, and he's got the whole movie in his head. You would, I don't know why they chose to do slow motion scenes uh, in post. And they, I don't know, that, that's, a, I guess, film school jack. Uh, that drives me nuts when I see that. But that's a fair call out. I mean, it's not something that I would pick up on because I don't have the education of filmmaking that you do. But you're right. It, it is one of those things that just to watch it and see that, it does take you out a little bit. And the it fact took that me it a seems like it couldn't have yeah. been, yeah. yeah, that it, it, it was a missed thing as opposed to uh, like just a mistake. Yeah, I, I, it's not something I, I teach you in film school, I don't think. I, I just I noticed it enough times and then I finally put two and two together because I knew how slow motion works. But I, you, you could always like I remember, you know, I grew up with the Lethal Weapon movies and I was always like, why is this slow motion scene so choppy? You know, it's almost an, it was almost an aesthetic of the Lethal Weapon series because Donna used it so much. Um, well, by the way, I made Ben in college when we lived together sit down and watch all four Lethal Weapon movies. It's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At what point between three and four did he stab you? <laughs> he, he cried during three, I think. I think he cried with the boat scene. I haven't seen any of them since. So <laughs> I, I made my. my you guys make an impression on me. Here, here's something. Many years. Here's it's, something that's funny. Uh, it's a, a note I have. Uh, when he's t- in the train station and he's feeling for all the crimes. And he finally, you know, sees a guy a murderer, and he goes after him. But I like that before that, he sees a guy that's raping women and a, a, and a racist yeah. person who's like smashing glass, and he's like, "I'll let them go this time." Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not violent enough for me. I, I can definitely see, and I almost want to say like he was turning towards the the rapist guy, yeah, like yeah, he yeah. was going towards him, and then the other guy like got between oh, him yeah. and him. I could accept that. But yeah, I thought about that too. It's like, okay, yeah, you lifted a jewel out of the case, lady. That's one thing. Uh, and then it got progressively worse. But that that was a moment of like, that motherfucker needs to get hit or or knocked around a <laughs> yeah, little bit least, in yeah, front of the train. Break his break his is like crush crush his genitals with your super strength. <laughs> well, but we don't want to ruin his whole life. I mean, he's got a sports career ahead of him. We don't want him to suffer because of mistake. Is a uh, uh, pop uh, pop yeah. one testicle. With your super, I'm glad super that judge fitness. got called out. <laughs> Fuck that judge. <laughs> um, the uh, you think a security guard? He's a security guard for a living. I feel like he had the total element of, of surprise on the killer at the end, and he puts him in this like really like tough chokehold with a guy that guy almost breaks out of. It's got to be an easier way to knock somebody out, right? Like or just bop him on the head. head. I, I don't uh, know. Back of the head. Yeah, he's new. To the, he's new to this stuff. No, uh, fucking. <laughs> He's new he's to the stuff. Guard. He calls, he's a he calls Elijah. To, he calls Elijah to get advice. He's like, "Well, what do we do now?" He's like, "Well, now you got to go test this shit out." It's like, "Hey, we just discussed how your weakness is water. Go out on a fucking rainy night, dumb shit." <laughs> I could see Dunn making that mistake himself because he's not bright, but then Elijah to lead him toward it too. Like, maybe today's not your day. <laughs> Bring an umbrella. Fucking the hell. penguin has the penguin uses umbrellas. And how would you feel if you were the kids who were just rescued by this guy and then you have to walk down and say, he fell into a fucking covered pool and can't swim his way out? You know what? I think we're okay with the murderer. I think the guy who killed my parents was probably that's, the better choice. That's scary. I don't know. If you fall in a tarp, you know, I, well, oh, I mean, no, I, I, it's terrifying. 
Yeah, I can't swim either. And uh, oh god, that yeah, that that scene really gets to me. Drown drowning freaks me the fuck out. But you know, you got to be telling the the newspaper people the next day. So someone just came in and randomly <laughs> saved you. Well, yeah, but I wouldn't say he was good at it. You know, he just don't kinda, thank me. Thank the pool skimmer. I don't know if he was just a cable guy who came in because he didn't seem to know what the fuck he was doing at all. <laughs> and then, so here's another thing that I'm kind of questioning. You're supposedly invulnerable and super strong. No body weight? Because when the murderer is, he's trying to choke the guy out. He's just getting thrown around the fucking room. Just yeah, slamming yeah. into the walls and shit. Like he has, like he has fucking long shots bones from the X-Men <laughs> who had bird bones. So they were hollow. <laughs> like he's just like getting tossed left and right and keep it hold sure that's great but like you have the ability to use more than just your arm strength at that point you can pull back you can do anything else and it's like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna tuck it in and see what happens like what if that guy had then just jumped out the window and taken you back to the pool again <laughs> that, that's what she should have done like you know like bowser you have to throw him into three different bombs um but yeah, that's exactly. He's a security guard. He should know how to subdue somebody. That, that, right. That, but I mean, that's a plot hole in a movie full of plot holes. I'm just that. Those are my notes. Those are all the notes I had from Breakable. I don't know if you guys had any as well. This movie fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but did you right, so, write it down, Ben? Is yeah. That was that a note? <laughs> so me and Corey clearly are our team Unbreakable here. Uh, so let's talk about Split because you guys seem to like it more. Uh, do you think it's a successful film? Do you think it it, it sets out what it's trying to do and is good at it financially it was the most successful film of the year right yeah was it yeah, it, it, well, it cost, it's a bloom house yeah it cost nine million house. to make and it made a hundred million so as far as profitability goes uh it it landed yeah i forgot that it was a blum house fucking jason blum man i i can't i i was had that same idea i mean i'm sure lots of people had that same idea it's like look give me a million dollars i will make you 10 films for a hundred thousand dollars i I'm hoping one of them with my talent will be good and make a million dollars back. It's such a genius business model. It makes me, it blows my mind that he's the only one that, uh, the first one to, to be successful with it. I, I'm uh, kind of both bummed out that everything now in horror seems to be coming from Blumhouse, but I'm also yeah. very grateful. Even if I don't like a lot of their output, there's certainly things that, that we've talked about and had issues with here, uh, or I have at least, but I do love the fact that they're, they're doing it, you know. They're, yeah, they he's, are they're getting made. He's making movies, and it's not just horror. He's he's uh, done some art art house films and some uh, thrillers and dramas. Well, uh, some of his art house films are trying to be horror movies. Right, right, right. Uh, but it doesn't matter because the whole model is, you know, we're going to give you fifty movies. One of them will be good. <laughs> there's got to be a good one in there, and and he sticks to his budget. I read an article about like there's some J Lo thriller he did, and he got a real like a legit director to do it, and the director's like, look, you got J Lo, you got me. The movie's almost there. If we have this one big climax, it'll be a successful movie. I just need like seven hundred thousand dollars more to film it. He's like, no. It's like, no. Literally, I'm telling you, it's like this small extra investment will make this movie uh, a much better. It'll make it. It'll go from dud to hit. All I need is the extra money. No, but, but all I need is money. He goes, look, I don't make money by just going over budget every time. I have a hard rule. That's it. Use what you have. And he stuck to it, and the movie tanked. But it doesn't matter because he didn't lose that extra seven hundred thousand on any other films, and it's such a brilliant business model. I love it. Well, uh, I, it, I, I do money. agree with that. You don't dress up a turd and expect <laughs> the turd to suddenly shine at the end. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and so, yeah, okay. So, Split's the most most profitable. I see. I think Split's enjoyable. I think it's good, but I, I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm cooler on it than most 
people. I thought it was okay. I thought it could have been better. The strength of that one performance is better than most of the stuff in all of his other movies. You really think James McAvoy is that good? Like, yeah, like, the, part where, the part where he's dancing as the kid is like is so fucking great. But like, <laughs> actors, actors don't really get the opportunity to do to do a role like that where you can switch around and do yeah. these broad stereotypes, but do mm-hmm. a bunch of them in the same scene. I feel like I don't know. I feel like the role it's not easier to do, but it's easier to be uh, praised. And I don't know if like you. I bet you not just Phoenix. You could have like 10, 20, 30 actors in that role, and it would be such an interesting acting exercise that we would probably oh. be saying the same thing about any of them. That's fine, but but he didn't fail, so he still deserves. That's true. Okay, all right, okay, I can buy and, that. And 100 percent that scene oh. where you see his little legs shoot up on the screen when he's when he's doing the break dancing, and all you see is the legs come up. That is a that is an adorable <laughs> fucking moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the break dance, absolutely. I don't know. I really, I only got into a couple of the role. They they just seemed like they were good. They just seemed very two dimensional to me. Uh, what do you think about the flashbacks where Officer Piscatella is her uncle on the camping trip? <laughs> I'm so glad. I I think I was video gaming with Matt actually, or, or maybe it was with uh, the other guys on our team. But at some point a couple of weeks ago, I was like, "What's that movie where Brad William Hankey plays no. a rapist in the forest?" And I couldn't think of it. I was like, "Oh, it's driving me nuts!" And it, turned, it was fucking split. And I kept yelling, oh. "Deliverance at you!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I have no I don't I don't think they were good I don't think they were bad I don't know the whole where it leads to I don't like I really don't like the idea of mental illness as a superpower, and I've certainly written stories like that in my emo years uh, and um, I just you know, at one point the beast lets her go at the end and he goes uh, but I, being broken is being evolved and I think that's a uh, an irresponsible kind of philosophy to have in terms of you don't want people thinking their depression and their psych you know their uh, their mental illnesses are, are actually attri- attributes because i get the feeling that oh it makes you feel different and it makes you feel like you you know you get the world more than other people i think that's an unhealthy idea to promote but also i think it's kind of lazy screenwriting it's just like look at look how different i'm being i'm saying that the scars is what protects her and it's just it's that seems like very that's something I wrote when I was eighteen, and M Night Shyamalan's not eighteen; he's forty something. He should be better than that. So, Marilyn Manson is a supervillain. You're you're also <laughs> you kind of so he they make a comment where um, he says you are whatever you believe you are. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you don't have to necessarily assume that it's a mental illness that caused Kevin to have twenty three, twenty four personalities. He could have just believed he wanted to be 24 different people and one was an amalgamation of, of animals that could get shot with buckshot four times. But it, it, It's but the strength that... coming out of him because he's tired of being made fun of. Like one of the personalities is tired of being teased and made fun of and, and hurt. Uh, a couple of the other personalities are tired of being let down. So they want something more powerful to manifest to give them yeah. the ability to rise to the top. So I'm not saying you're incorrect i do agree with what you're saying i just think that there is probably another way you could look at it that sure, doesn't but I'm exploit not really, i'm not mental talking illness. about the beat. and i'm not talking about really the beat, uh james mcavoy i'm really talking more about anna steel joy because that's what they do they set up all these scenes that uh she's gone through this uh sexual assault and this trauma and that's made her stronger and that i can that i can all right fine it's a little exploitative but yeah sure being it's made her stronger but the fact that he sees her scars and he goes being broken is being more evolved that's the kind of glorification of uh, but being depressed and being sad and being yeah. Uh, yeah but you could also just say like having dealt with life makes you a stronger human. 
But he doesn't so, know that. He's, all he saw was that she cuts herself or has been attacked. That's all he, he's going on. He sees her as not, not the, the weak. Uh, the, so there's the scene where they're talking about how the, the cheerleaders come up and they they tease him and they have him put his hand on their breasts and stuff and they, they kind of draw him out. And, and it's, it's a game to them. And that, I think, is part of the manifestation of the beast as well, is that he sees this, what is supposed to be purity and this easy life. And he says those are the weak, those are the ones I want to destroy. But if, if he sees that you've suffered too, then that's who he's going to relate to, and that's the hard life that he's like, okay, so you're not like these two girls that I've been watching that are the perfect prey for the beast. You're like me. You're damaged. You understand pain. It's a it's a shitty metaphor, but it's also mm -hmm. kind of like Banky and, and uh, Chasing Amy giving the, the excuse of like, he says something that's really shitty, and later on, Kevin Smith had to defend it to somebody saying, well, why do you say that in your film? He's like, well, I have the guy who's always wrong say it in the film. <laughs> you know, so it, it's not like I'm saying this is the right message. Okay. It's a message of the character. Yeah, that's what, I a, yeah, that's what a moron says. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I, I, I get it. So in universe, all of these themes do work and, and the, the, there is a logic to them. I, don't, I, I feel and I don't know. But I feel like M. Night Shyamalan is using that crutch of it's in everything where the like the autism is superpower and the just uh, I don't I don't know autism is a superpower. But let me ask you this really important: it's not a superpower. What happens in the last twenty five minutes of the movie? You missed the split. You missed the end of split. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Why don't you watch the ends and then just like cut out like 15 minutes of the middle? 20 minutes Guys, long. fuck off. Ben is 100% the most loyal fan of this show. He knows that Matt never finishes a fucking movie. I don't never watch makes past it all the, the way credits. To the credits. Don't yes. put shit after the you credits. You have the... walked away from plenty of film where I've had to go back and say, but yeah. you missed this part. Yeah. Well, the credits yeah. mean we're done. Ben is the greatest pot fan ever. Thanks, man. <laughs> that works on a couple. It happens. Thomason, I, I, I like to call her Thomason because I can't remember her name, but I liked her the witch, so that's what I call her. Uh, Anna, Anna Taylor, Anna Tyler, Anna Cowjoy, Anna Cowjoy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I liked, uh, I liked her in the witch. Yeah, she's great in the witch. I, I didn't, didn't, didn't even realize, realize that was her. Yeah, I didn't realize it until after I am to beat it the first time I seen she's it. She's gonna play. She's gonna play Ilyana. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and what the new mutants? Oh, the new mutants. Yeah. yeah. There's my. If it ever comes out, the movie was finished Whoa. a year and a half ago. I don't. Know I collected that series, Ben. I remember going down to my corner shop, getting all those issues when they were coming out, like just yeah. praying that number three and number four would come out because it was taking forever. That Belasco series. You know, I think that some of the casting for that New Mutants movie was really inspired, um, but I hope it never comes out, and I hope that the Black Dark Phoenix movie never comes out. Well, the Dark yeah. Phoenix is definitely coming out. I don't know oh, if New will, but false Marvel. Um, but also they reshot all of New Mutants. Apparently they cut it like John Hamm was the villain and they've replaced all of the villain scenes with a new villain. Did you say John Hamm? John Hamm was uh, uh yeah. help me out help me out here, Corey. The uh, Mr. Sinister who's is who's Mr. Sinister is the villain for New Mutants? Fuck that. I don't, I don't know, but he's I forget I, although I he'd be, be a really good Mr. Sinister. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not I'm not as uh, X-Men as you guys, so I might be wrong. But um I think that was it. and also he was in Legion, which is technically in the same uh cinematic universe so i was headcanon making it the same character but it wasn't um that's marvel <laughs> um uh, all i know I, is that my wife is actually interested in seeing a new mutants movie and my wife is not into comic book movies or comic books at all but because this is a 
horror theme movie. Yeah. She's like into it. And I'm like, fucking shit. I ate at that fucking New Mutants bar every month. Like I, I had the subscription when they used to extend it to your fucking house. I love the New Mutants. I loved the Uncanny X-Men at that point in time. Like it was everything to me. So that my wife will go see this. Fuck yes. <laughs> I'm curious what's wrong because, yeah, the trailer came out like two years ago at this point uh, and it looked great. And I, like, I really wonder, like, what's keeping them from letting it go? Like, I think like... a lot of it has to do with the Fox oh, Marvel merger. The, um... the Fox Disney thing is whether or not Disney would actually let them do it. Because, of course, you don't want to just put out the new mutants that have to be just the new mutants. You want to have at least a trilogy of films. Right, right, and right. The, the worry is that Disney is going to say, well, fuck all the mutant stuff. We're going to just start over again. Yeah, so why movie. even put this movie out and lose the money that they're going to have for distribution on it when they can just direct a video at like the generation next uh, so do, TV movie? Then why not direct a video? At, unless you're saying they're waiting to see if the deal actually goes through. I think they're waiting to see. And I, yeah. and maybe if they can take some of this and salvage it for a rebrand in the Marvel Universe. I feel like they could make money on it just on the, the cast alone and the fact. Yeah. That so but, uh, the, the yeah. villain was replaced with. Uh, so Ham was replaced with Antonio Banderas. Uh, I mean, I love Banderas. Well, but... now fuck it. Yeah, but, it... Uh, but is it is it a different character? Did they no? So so here's the thing: IMDb has no character listed for him. I found an article um, that has eight potential or seven potential, but it straight up says he will not be playing Mister Sinister. Uh, so it was literally they literally went out of their way to be like Jack's wrong. Yeah, so I think <laughs> I think Ham facts. was playing Mister Sinister, wrong. and now they've rewritten it. Okay. To not be him and every person that is listed, I've never heard of. And like, okay, so if we're talking about this Fox Disney thing and, and they're they're hesitant, blah blah blah, I still can't see how they could go. Oh, we'll make more money if John Hamm's not in the movie. I'm very curious what the story behind there is. Dark Phoenix actually, I think it's all done and it's a much bigger budget, so it has to come out. But Ben might be right because Brian Singer is uh, persona non grata right now, so I don't know if they can release a film uh, by a, a, a rumored pedophile. Oof. Well, hey, he got credit for Bohemian Rhapsody, and that just won a Golden Globe. And that's what raised, and the, and the fact that it won is like now what's making everybody like now he's on everybody's radar. So uh, we'll see, especially if it's Disney. Uh, would you guys think? Do you think there's a chance that the post credits of Avengers Four will have uh, Hugh Jackman in it? Yes, I do. I think because I, I think that's, I want to say no. I think that's the the, the the only way you can like top and end the the original phase one, two, and three of MCU. If yeah, but everything else, then, all, all this X Men shit sucks. They need to scrap it all. Yes. No, but I could see them being cynical, especially with Hugh Jackman. Like, yes, would, would everybody be better off if he's not Wolverine in the, in the new MCU? Yes, but I can, I can't if he's down for for it. And just what a fuck you, like what a mind-blowing post-credit sequence that would be. I, I could see them just giving in and just doing it. If it just turns out to be some dream sequence of Deadpools, <laughs> that would be even better. <laughs> I don't like the Deadpool movies. I can't. Get I know. It I know. But it, it, it would at least it would be something that it would make sense. Because you're because right. Because Deadpool would also be Disney, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I, yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. I just hate the fact that Ryan Reynolds might actually end up in the MCU as Deadpool. Oh, God. I just hate him so much. <laughs> ben, do you dislike Deadpool as well? Um, yeah, I, I don't really care. Just, I don't I'm think asking Deadpool, for a friend. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that Deadpool needs to be rated R by any means. Um, I I liked Deadpool when I was like 16 um, during the Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis run. Yeah, 
and it was like laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. And so I like that. Um, and Spider-Ham, in the new Spider-Man movie, Spider-Ham has a similar kind of uh, thing as Deadpool in terms of the yeah. breaking the fourth wall and knowing he's a cartoon. And like that's that's rated PG, if anything, right? I don't know if it's PG-13, but that well, did. I, I don't know if it's the fourth wall stuff. I think it's just like that he's so crass and he talks about masturbating and he talks about his schwanz and all this stuff. Um, I don't, you know, I just, the all, I wish all Fox X-Men movies did not exist. I, I, I don't see how you bring oh. Jackman back as Wolverine at this point when he was done playing the character, he put the cap on the character, and because I don't know how far forward you can go with Jackman as Wolverine, plus he's always right. been a really bad example of what to be Wolverine in a movie, not because he's Absolutely. bad, he's not because not he's bad. not a great actor, but because it's so not Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. No, I the I the only reason I could see them doing it is a he said I'm done ever playing Wolverine again unless uh, I can be in the Avengers. He literally said that. Mm-hmm. B I could see Disney going. Yes, these are all great points, but Hugh Jackman as Wolverine will automatically be an extra fifty million dollars or something like that. And I could see I could see them doing it, even though I agree with everyone. Like he shouldn't be. Wolverine. I don't can know. You, I don't. Can you do just Hugh Jackman and none of the other bullshit fake movie X Men? Like, if I was in charge, uh, I mean, I think the Fantastic Four is what's going to probably be the big. Hell MCU. yeah! Not, not. I don't think the X Men will come in uh, right away, just because it really does overpopulate a, the the universe with superpowers. Yeah. Uh, and they are they technically already have the Inhumans, but barely. Um, but I, if I was in charge, I think the way I would do it is I would make Avengers Five uh, a, a multiverse film. Yeah. And that way you have you have the X-Men universe, basically like the DC verse Marvel comics. You have uh, the Avengers universe, the MCU, and you have the X-Men, and they cross paths for this limited movie or trilogy or whatever. That way it's an ensemble film. You don't have to push <clears throat> Hugh Jackman too much. You might kill him off like Solo in the, the first film so he can get out of it, but he, you can say you've had him in the MCU. And I could see them doing it that way and then doing a swan song to the, the Fox X-Men movies that way where where you keep them they're now they're interacting with the uh, with Doctor Strange and um, Black Panther but at an arm's distance that's how I would do it who knows what the plans are going to be I think the Fantastic Four will probably be a mainstream MCU movie but can I, we just but, do X-Men it's fun to <laughs> X-Men I, I, I think that the problem is is that the timing just didn't quite work out where Disney gets the acquisition of the Fox properties in time to do the justice that they need to with the fact that we have a reality altering uh, storyline in Avengers three and Avengers four. Like this is the moment when you then say, okay, so we can fix this and we can bring in the X-Men. We can bring in the fantastic four. We can do all this stuff and make a new universe that makes sense while including these other characters that haven't been a part of it, obviously, so we don't have to hide them in the 90s and some mystical story like they're doing with Captain Marvel, which, shit, I'm totally into Captain Marvel, don't get me wrong. But obviously we have to forego the reality that this couldn't have happened, but it did happen. That's Um, That's why I think a Jackman cameo could be possible. You know, uh, you know, it could be somebody like who knows what the what uh, undoing that snap, uh, what ramifications it could have had on reality, or, or maybe it's even more explicit. And you know, they 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 retcon out uh, Downey Jr. and Captain America, whatever whatever they do. Um, I could see them still having time uh, with this deal to last minute, although it is coming down to the clock. Last minute, have Hugh Jackman like uh, suddenly in New York City or whatever, and I, I could I could, and then they can go look. All we need is that. They still have several years to then figure out how they're going to do it because uh, you don't have to really bring up the X-Men or anything in any of the, the next round of Marvel sequels. 
But uh, I could see them putting in Hugh Jackman for exactly that reason, just to be like, the, the, look what the snap did. Well, the yeah. other thing is what happens when Marvel is now introducing a lot of these characters into shows for their streaming service? Do we lose the the need to put them into giant blockbuster films, but give them 10 episodes here and there on on Disney streams? And then Hugh Jackman doesn't have to spend years away from home getting jacked up, but he can do something that's a little bit more subdued as a Wolverine character and have some crossover potential with Captain America or whatever. That's a good point. That depends on how well this Disney streaming does. I, I, I'll probably do fine. But... Falcon, What's that? Falcon, Bucky. Falcon and, and Bucky, and there's another one they're doing. And Scarlet Witch and Vision are supposed to get a series together. I think Loki's getting a show. I don't want to watch it. There, there should well, there should have been a Moon Knight uh, Netflix show that yeah. that would have fit well in that universe. Yeah, but that's all. I would have. It's still a question of what's going to happen. All that Moon Knight is still one of the few. Feel I feel like if I could if I start a career as an actor, I feel like there's still room for me to get in the MCU somehow. And I think Moon Knight was is yeah, that would be a good role for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Isn't the biggest thing with with blockbuster films like getting people off their asses to go to a theater and spend the ten bucks, and and when you have a streaming service where you're already automatically going to have an audience kind of built in, don't you eliminate the the biggest hurdle that you have of like how many shitty things have we watched on Netflix because it was on Netflix, and now it's like well I know Netflix has shitty movies but I'll fucking watch Bright I'll see what's yeah, up yeah yeah I, I I'm curious where this Disney how this Disney thing is going to go. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people will get it, but um, Netflix will be fine. You know, Netflix will be fine. HBO did the same fucking thing. They, they was all original programming, and, and then you know, now we just watch whatever cool movies they have on. And it actually came around full circle, I, I guess. Um, but uh, Netflix will be fine. Um, I am curious if if this Disney thing might blow up in their face, but we'll, we'll see. Oh, very possibly, but it, yeah, they've got so much. They own so much content now, so many IPs. That's the that, thing, and it's and and these things are, is. The, the problem with these big multi corporation, multinational corporations is they all run on stockholders, and stockholders just want. They don't care how much money they're making. They're they care about how much money they're making more than they were last year. So right. you have to, it's the same problem with Apple. Apple has to keep coming out with these new shiny devices. It's not good enough that they have ninety percent of the market share with the iPhone six. They have to keep. <laughs> They, they literally everybody has an iPhone, uh, you know, except for a certain amount of people, and they've pretty much peaked. And but uh, the the stock goes down because they their numbers didn't go up, even though but, it's still a ridiculous number. But that's because and we they, live we live in a world where it doesn't matter what you've done; it matters what you're continually doing. Exactly, and that's what's where that that that's what Disney. So I think Disney streaming will be successful. Even if it doesn't, see, even if we all hate the streaming or we're not watching their shows for the next ten years or so, the streaming is going to be successful because they are going. Their numbers are going to gradually increase, and the, the stockholders, yeah, let's keep it going. Let's do, yeah, sure, Loki show, Vision show, let's do a Rocket Raccoon show, sure. As long as people keep doing Disney Plus, eventually Disney Plus will peak the same way Netflix has. Everybody has Netflix now. Everybody has Netflix. <laughs> their problem or, or a shared password from Netflix. Yeah, and their yeah. and their problem now is that nobody can, nobody else can get Netflix. They literally can't get any new customers unless they they crack down on this this sharing password uh, thing. Which, but they really. But we also live in a world where Disney is like Apple, is like Google, is like Amazon, where the numbers don't matter because they'll start changing the metrics. They'll start telling yeah. you what they're going to tell you the numbers are. And, yeah. and it doesn't matter. They don't have to tell you how much we sold of an item. All that matters is that the Alexa items were the best-selling product on Amazon on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or whatever. 
uh, Apple only has to say we were this profitable as opposed to how many iPhones we sold. We don't have to give you shit. <laughs> we're telling you and you better enjoy it because we are the most powerful company on the fucking planet. And then they take over the country and then it's Waylon Yutani and, and we're living in uh, some kind of corporate dystopia. It'll, but we'll have a Bucky and Vision show. Right. It'll be great. Everybody loves Vision and Scarlet Witch. It'll be fun. I fucking hate them. It'll be like uh, <laughs> it'll be like moonlighting. Instead of Bruce Willis and Civil Shepherd, it'll be Viz and uh, Scarlet Witch. Oh God! And you they know, hate each other, and they like each other. The will they won't they? <laughs> and will they have robot babies? And eventually, her her Eastern, uh, your vaguely Eastern European accent, which has gradually gone down oh. with each time we've seen her. Eventually, she will literally just ha- be like from like Brooklyn. Like Scarlet Witch yeah. will just say, "So like, yeah, yeah, I'm from Sokovia. What's it to you?" Yeah, but but she gets to be a mutant again. <laughs> now's the That's opportunity true. for her to not just be some creation she actually uh, yeah. gets to be the daughter of magneto yeah that would be great if you bring in ian mckellen the scarlet witch's dad that would be that's fun you so that's have, another thing you have fun with this stuff they don't have to be so goddamn calculated there's an artist uh crisscross um who he did um he worked for milestone back in the day he, he's in stuff at marvel he did really great series with peter david of uh, a different captain marvel like the son of the original captain marvel uh one of my favorite artists he posted something the other day where someone was saying, how do they do the X-Men if they recast now? He said someone came up with the idea of making Denzel the new Magneto. Ooh. Because in this case, instead of him being someone who who's had to go through the stuff in Germany, has gone through the uh, African-American oppression uh, here in the States and stuff. And that is another thing is that we see like a lot that. of these characters have to change to be modern day because you can't have a 90 year old Magneto in a company. You're right. You can't have a Holocaust Magneto if it's taking place in the modern day. That's that's interesting. I like that. I'm very I'm no Dan Mulhall. I'm, I can't do impressions. Let me see if I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> OK. All right. OK. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a Magneto line. Now I, I blew it. I blew it. See, this is why I can't do impressions. All, all you need to do is that they fucked a cow person to make mutant children because isn't that what they changed his origin? It's like uh, he had sex with some sort of like mutated cow that was also, I don't know. A lot of weird stuff with the high evolutionary in comics. High evolutionary shit. Yeah. Um, keep this comics, uh, keep the X Men talk going. I have to uh, use the little girl's room. Yeah. Do we have to? You know, the one thing that the MCU has done that I really like is they've taken characters that I have not enjoyed in the comics. And they've made them palpable and compelling and um, just, like, easier for me to wrap my head around. And Vision and Scarlet Witch are one of them. Um, I did not understand Black Panther as a comics reader, and then the movie made it very clear. Um, They made the Guardians of the Galaxy very compelling. But, Corey, can you tell me, like, what Carol Danvers' deal is? Why, Why should I care about Carol Danvers? Well, if you're going off of the comics, and, and and this is what I think the movies have done successfully and the comics haven't done, is they've been able to take 50 to 70 to 100 years of, of stories and distill them to the bare essence and to make something that makes sense. The comics are constantly trying to follow a continuity. They're trying yeah. to regulate stories that happened in 1942 to, to things that happened in 2017 and make them all work together. And where you've seen DC flip that switch over and over again and say, oh, we're going to start over and here's Superman and here's Batman and here's Wonder Woman. But for some reason, here's four incarnations of Robin. Here's uh, 101 Green Lantern stories that have to make sense in some way, even though they shouldn't. Marvel is still trying to distill Spider-Man, 
took place in this time and made web shooters himself and made a costume himself, even though that makes no sense. And the Fantastic Four were part of the the trying to go into space and stuff. And it's like, well, that shouldn't make sense if they're only 20 years old, uh, although they have kids of various ages. Right. Um, so how does this all work? The movies forwent all of that and said, well, we started them today, which is what the Ultimate Universe did. So if you are trying to figure out what Carol Danvers is, look to the Ultimate Universe versions of her. And as opposed to being the person who kind of like took over from Marvel and got some of his powers, it it's more of a, she's a badass pilot. She's someone who worked for the government. I think in this movie, it looks like she's actually lived on an alien planet her whole life. And instead of being the half alien on Earth, she's a half Earthling on an alien planet and how all that comes together. So what it's going to be when she shows up and interacts with a very early version of Nick Fury and an early version of Agent Coulson. I don't know. It, it's going to be a matter of how successfully Brie Larson does in the role. I, I think she's going to be great, not just from past experience of Marvel movies of them doing stuff that I like, but also because I, I dig her, and I, I think that this character is important for Marvel. But I'm not as worried about the origin because I'm not a giant fan. I had the first issue of of Miss Marvel back when it came out. I had the first issue of Spider-Woman when it came out, but these characters are obviously very different now. I knew Carol Danvers more as binary hopping around with the X-Men for years when Rogue had to taken her memories and powers. Um, and that's, that's part that's inherent to the character that I don't think they're going to be able to approach in the films. Just like they didn't really do a lot with Tony's drinking. Tony's drinking was replaced by Tony being a party from that, that disease that he had. Oh yeah, but I just I just run with it. Just see if it's one that appeals to you. I the trailers do nothing for me. I, that doesn't mean anything. Maybe the movie might be amazing. The movie might be terrible. The trailers do literally nothing for me. I think the creep power stuff is cool. Like the CGI when she's in space flying around. She looks great. She does look great. Looks, looks good enough. Um, you know, for me, she was always a, a footnote. She was always the character that Rogue stole powers from. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but that's you know, also like the generic Supergirl character for Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. It's, 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 it's funny because we'll regulate a character for a number of years. I think she's also one of the numerous characters where it's like they got her pregnant one time and then had her have an adult kid because yeah. uh, he time traveled or whatever and became romantically linked to him. A rapist. Yeah, that's fucking weird, dude. Fucking comics are weird. 80s were a weird fucking time. 90s yeah. were a weird fucking time. <laughs> Is that a Jim Shooter story? I don't. I don't think so. I feel like that's someone else that came in and that took over from Shooter stuff. But maybe it could I'm be. I'm curious. Uh, have you guys seen the new Spider-Man film? Not yet. Is it good? Spider Verse. I or Homecoming. It's, it's I uh, in uh, Spider Verse. I'm sorry. Um, it's it's the most fun I've had at a, at a movie theater in a while. I I think it's one of the best uh, best that, comic book movies ever. Who who plays Spider-Man? Uh, everybody. <laughs> I can't think of the so Miles Morales. I can't think of the guys. Shamik Moore, maybe he was in the 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 Get Down, the uh, the Netflix show by uh, the Moulin Rouge guy, Romeo and Juliet guy, ba Baz Luhrmann. Um, he was not. He's not super well known. Uh, uh, Uncle Aaron was uh, Maharshala Ali, and the two Peter Parkers were Chris Pine and Jake Johnson. Wait, um, there's two Peter Parkers. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the film. Oh, and Leif Schreiber is incredible as Kingpin. Um, 
Uh, he might actually do be a better kingpin than uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Well, I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio is great, but and that they're two completely different interpretations of the character, but they're both really good. No, Michael um, Clark Duncan was a good kingpin. It was not yeah, a great movie, yeah, but he was good. It was just yeah. it was a different interpretation. Rest in peace. Yeah, um, we, we were roommates when I saw that movie, Jack. Yeah, we were. It was 2003, 16 years ago uh, next month. Um, that was the first time I took LSD. I thought the movie was great. Oh wow! So then, no wonder we got along. I was I was sober, and for years I thought that movie was amazing. I was I thought, it, I thought that movie was great. Daredevil is like one of my favorite comics, so uh, my favorite heroes. So I fell in love with that movie, and it took me a long time to really come to terms with the fact that it's utter garbage. But it's utter garbage in hindsight. In that moment, at the time that we were seeing it, was it? Well, yeah. The only thing you could compare it to was Spider Man and X Men, which were both both obviously better. Oh, Blade. Um, yeah, and, and Blades. Uh, no, and then, and then the, there's an Electra sequel that doesn't have Daredevil in it. What a, which I haven't seen. What a, what a wasted opportunity. Uh, and I think is Stick in that? He might be. Yeah, Stick uh, is in the Scott sequel. Glenn is so great. Sure. Stick, he's the best part of that show. Oh, Scott Glenn in the new, the new yeah, Stick? Yeah, he's my favorite part. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, and yeah, that, you can't hear that popping. It's driving me. I just heard it, but... I don't get it. I don't, it's just literally when my laptop is on and it's relatively near my my speaker system, and my speaker system is off. The power is off, so it's somehow still putting electrical signals into the cables that is making sound come out of the speakers. The power is off. <laughs> um. So back to split. Um, oh we might as well just try for a second. Uh. And another thing I'm worried about in Glass is that they give us this thing at the end of Split where to get Kevin back into the charge of his body is we we tell him his full name, which is very mix-a-plick. Uh, <laughs> or, or, yeah. or Captain, Captain or Marvel, the Shazam version. Uh, and so I wonder if that's another thing that's going to be like a giant reveal in, in Glass of like, oh, but then all of a sudden Glass says his real name and, and takes his powers away or something. But it doesn't work anymore, right? They, they figured out how to... It worked, and then he, he succumbs to it again because we know that the kid can overpower Kevin and come back to the light. Right, right, right. Can you tell me what happens at the end of the movie? So... Um... She uh, the psychiatrist comes to uh, and and tries to break them out and she writes He's down on a piece. Her. He gives her the yeah yeah and yeah. but she writes down uh you know say Wendell, his name. Wendell Crumb yeah <laughs> say his name backwards three times and he will go back into the fifth dimension uh and uh yeah it's it's basically that and she escapes the main character so she sees the beast is eating one of them I think the other one also died. <gasps> Uh, yeah, eating her. Yeah, he's eating. He, the, the... he devours one, and by devours, I mean he eats a little bit. It, it. There was a kids in the hall skit where they're they've got the guy on trial because he ate everybody on the plane because the plane uh, didn't leave the tarmac for twenty minutes. It's, it's like you didn't even eat like all of one person. You ate a little of one person and a little of the next person. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, so she's escaping, and he that manages to start bending the bars because he's so strong and he's, a, he's he's about to catch her and she says his name um and he does become kevin again the nor we, we, we haven't met yet he's like the regular guy and, and he's like, like i got the shotgun yeah 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 he tells yeah. her to get why so you keep asking us to tell you the ending and then well, we tell I, you the and then he like, knows yeah, it the whole thing <laughs> and she shoots him all right what what what, do you, what more do you want from us and the then credits? do you want us to name read the credits <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Who meets okay, so, David Tarm at the end of the movie? Who, who, I'm sorry? 
Who meets up with David Dunn at the end of the movie? Nobody, Nobody. of consequence. It's so it's tacked like, on. Meanwhile, in a diner. Yeah, yeah. It, that's exactly no, 100% what it is. No, it's in a diner. What's going on? Meanwhile, <laughs> e- meanwhile, guess who's eating at a fucking diner? So here's <laughs> here's the bullshit. Here's, here's the absolute bullshit line of like, they're watching TV and they go, yeah, this guy who held these girls captive and, and killed two of them and killed the doctor and everything goes by this name, The Horde. And some rando says, oh, this reminds me of that story from 17 years ago because that guy had a name that he went by, even though it had nothing else similar. It's just because he went by glass and this guy's, they're calling The Horde. It's like, nothing now let me mention that. this thing in random so that the guy sitting next to me can perk up and say, hey, bitch, that was me. Suck my dick. Yeah, Mr. Glass, literally, like, if, if I heard about a, a muscular man who can climb walls and he uh, and he eats two teenage girls, I'm not going to go, that reminds me of that crazy terrorist 15 years ago. What was this? Oh, Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Right. Oh, two things go hand in hand. But I did. I did I, but whatever. It works. They what call them Glass. <laughs> yeah. I'll, my favorite is how the kid says it in the beginning. He's like, they call me Mr. Glass because I break like glass. Oh, great, that's nice. Oh, whatever. What, what? Your standards are too high, Ben. You, you live, uh, you live your life with uh, too high of standards. In the seventies, we had uh, Ben Breen singing Mr. Cellophane because you can see right through me and walk right by me. So I can see kids calling someone Mr. Glass because he breaks like glass. That was actually okay, and I think that kid was probably the best actor in that movie. Really? Wow. Yeah. I think that kid was great. I, I think that it didn't transfer well to Samuel Jackson taking it over. I, I get your con- your your issues with him, uh, but I, I agree with Jack. I think it's more how it was written than him actually um, like playing the part. The, and the kid the kid was a good actor. Uh, McAvoy, maybe my least favorite acting he did was as the Beast. Did anybody notice his Beast voice was basically Chris Farley's Matt Foley? <laughs> just like, he's like, you know, he's like the broken. <laughs> if you're broken, you're more evolved. Uh, I, hold on just a second there, Bill Shakespeare. You know, he's basically just <laughs> well drawn out like Chicago accent. It was very yeah, yeah, yeah. I did enjoy his tryout for the Chippendales dancer, though. I thought that was uh, inspired. <laughs> that was a very good scene, yeah. I was the Patrick Swayze's last role. It was great. But so much of the, the thing was like the doctor is telling us things about this beast. Oh, you're going to turn into this beast creature who can walk on walls. Is it just stuck to them and everything? It's like, how much fucking laying out do they give to tell us the powers and, and abilities of this creature that we weren't seeing? And it's like, I don't believe any of this thing. And then it's like, oh, here it fucking happens. Here he is walking on walls. And it that's the part that I have a problem with is that I look at glass and I think they're going to lean more into that. And that stuff looked really shitty. Yeah, they've, maybe it got maybe it got more of a budget this time around. I don't know if it's a Blumhouse or I mean, I'm sure if you have see this purposely, like the psychiatrist isn't a big name. It could have been anybody. It could have been an older older actress. It could have been a Julianne Moore. The, this new one, basically, the role is, uh, is once Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. So I could see you having a name actor in that, but they really don't. Even James McAvoy uh, is a is a get, but he's not a Bruce Willis uh, at Sixth Sense get. Uh, and I think Blum Blumhouse. A lot of the, the you know movies don't have to be expensive, but uh, uh, well, it's going to be Disney this time because okay, Disney yeah. owns the rights to the characters for. Yeah, and if you're paying the Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson salaries, the, the budget's got to be up. So maybe the, the maybe the CGI budget will also be raised. Maybe. I think the budget is also going to be up because of the fact that it was the most successful film of 2017 budget. So maybe it won't look so bad. Maybe it'll actually look really cool. How but when I see the commercial, it doesn't look good. <laughs> How much money did did uh, did Split make? 
Matt? What, what Matt I saw? Corey said 100 million. Yeah, it was like 100 million to the 9 million it cost, is, what? is what I remember reading. What a great movie. <laughs> so, the, do you think, uh, do you, I, I don't know, I was disappointed I didn't see more of the oh, identity. Jesus, Corey, it made 278.5 million. But I mean, the 100 million is the profitability of it. Step one, collect underpants. What? Step two. How, hold on, hold on. Let's get back to this problem. If it if it cost nine million, and the box office made two hundred and seventy eight point five million, distribution, advertising, oh, all this I other stuff. That. Right, right. And, and and I'm just going off of numbers that I read. They're they're right. definitely can be argued in a lot of different ways. But yeah, no, you're right. I I knew it made closer to the two seventy mark, but it what I had read was that the profitability was considered so high because it made a hundred million in profitability versus the nine million. <clears> you know, you never really think about that stuff. Well, that's. I remember Gregor mentioning once in Else Nerds the accountability of how Lord of the Rings is considered a failure because they did this creative accounting in the background of like they charged all these other things to the, the bottom line of those film series. And so it's considered a failure, even though it made billions of dollars. Yeah, hmm. it's, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing how these it works. Fucking like, bean counters. Just give, just give, just give me a million dollars. Disney can give me a million dollars right now, not to make a movie. I just like just give me a million dollars. They will, they won't, even, they won't even like notice it's gone. It will affect literally nothing. Nothing will be affected if they give me a million dollars. I just want a million dollars. Jack, I'll give you a million if you'll take a post-dated check. Okay. Hilarious. Thanks, Uncle Matt. Thank you. It's more of a Simpsons <laughs> reference than anything, but the post-dated check. Simpsons reference. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, the post-date. Yeah, right. Bart gets the checkbook. I can take advantage of one of those cash for gold people, and like I can run that shit through real easy. So I'll, I'll take your post-dated check. Fuck yeah. <laughs> You're not going to um, want to cash that until 2045. <laughs> do you? Uh, so do you think his dad died at a train in the train crash from the beginning of Unbreakable? That's exactly. Oh. Yeah. Oh, That's shit. What, that is exactly what they imply. And the reason that the beast comes out on the train is because the train is what sets him off. That whole memory of that so is what think, causes the beast to manifest. Do you think then the glass glass will have the same ending as uh, Captain America's Civil War? Oh, where, my God. The board finds out glass killed his parents. <laughs> and, and, like, he turns on glass. Oh, shit. <laughs> that seems like a very likely thing to happen. Yeah. I want to see the end of Glass be that Glass finds a way to harness the powers of these other two guys, and he becomes uh, powerful himself. He steals the powers away. Because that's the only thing I can see, is to have him be considered the the winner of this, is yeah. to have this be this movie. We already know his history, know his background, so it can't be another fucking origin story. Uh, yeah. It has to be a summation of like him getting the advantage. Yeah. And I understand that the advantage for him has been mental so far, but just having these two guys who have incredibly similar abilities, the bulletproofness, yeah. the the strength and everything else like that. I've never seen done walk on walls, but fuck it. You know, just put a pu- couple paint cans on his back. He probably can. <laughs> They've got to do something to make class be the, the ultimate villain of this. Yeah. He's got to use because otherwise yeah. the horde should be yeah, uh, or, or Paulson should be as a psychiatrist. Who do you, who do you think of the three of them has the biggest dick? McAvoy. Samuel Jackson's character has the biggest dick, but it's in 19 pieces. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it couldn't really take a pummeling. It's going to crack in half. The Beast probably has got a monster dog. That's what I'm saying. He can change his brain chemistry. He can, like, make more blood go down yeah. to his... I'm going to try that. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, when we're done here, I'm going to just think about, you know what? 
You got a six foot dick. I, I'm sure there's a whole Wake split penis subreddit. Our positive thinking. Yeah, our positive. <laughs> the, gen- the genitals of the the split universe, the six one six train universe, or whatever it's called. <laughs> oh, East Track Seven Eleven or something weird. Yeah. Uh, it's because it's named after the train that crashes. So here's another thing, Jack. You were talking earlier about the manifestation of the beast abilities mm-hmm. and powers. That's very much in the vein of the mutants from X Men and and New Mutants and everything. <laughs> You get your mutation. A lot of people say puberty, and a lot of them do have a puberty, but it's from some sort of traumatic change um, that happens over time. So some people get it when they're kids. Some people get it when they're older. But it's usually something that brings on that power that's already inherent in them. So (laughs) the fact that he manifests his other personality, and that personality brings the powers with him, goes back to comics. Yeah. So so, uh, Because it's funny, because I was like, when you guys told me you were doing this movie, it's like, yeah, that's a really bit of a stretch for Podcast of Terror. And I was like, well, no, Split is a horror movie. Yeah. And I don't really see it as a supervillain origin story or a superhero story. I see it as a horror film that uh, happens to be part of, you know, it's going to be a supervillain. But I didn't see it as a supervillain right. movie. And that's interesting because you're basically that argument would say Shyamalan knew this whole time that it was going to be like the anti unbreakable. It wasn't just a, a tacky add on at the end. He really does see this as the same themes and same sequel, uh, a sequel to unbreakable. That's interesting. No, he planned this movie when he was making, he planned aspects of this movie, the story and stuff when he was making unbreakable, there were scenes that were supposed to be of Kevin in unbreakable. Yeah. Uh, the was going to be the villain at the end, right? I don't know about that, but he just, I know that there were things that he like waited and years later put together in this. It's never, I think that the audience didn't know that that's what this was, but it's just that that ending feels tacked on because there's no reason for it other than I want this to connect this universe. He doesn't do anything in the movie to make it feel like they're in the same universe. It's just in that last second of like, oh, I heard a name. That name reminds me of this other name for no reason at all. (laughs) And, and here's David Dunn drinking his coffee. Like, yeah, I guess Uh, I'm just here to get a check. (laughs) <laughs> um, and uh, on top of that, the, the, I do. There are a couple of references where they say superpowers in in Split, which I I don't re- I didn't remember the first time. I was like, that's interesting. Where like she's talking to a colleague, and they're like, we're not going to let you do the uh, the symposium, uh, the international symposium. She's like, why not? And he's like, your ideas are crazy. And she's like, I, I think you genuinely can get like superpowers. And like I, I, like they have. Oh, that's what he says. He goes, he goes, you act like they have powers or something. And it's right. just it's all it, it was very. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I, it's interesting to think of Split not just as a horror film, but as a as a. No, it's, it's a movie. like Unbreakable, which didn't tell you it was a superhero origin movie until you went and saw it. And, Is that and true? I think you said that in the introduction and I was only 15. So I don't remember the marketing campaign, but like, I don't remember I thought, much of a marketing campaign. I thought I knew going in, it was about a superhero, but I, I, I didn't at all, but I don't remember seeing a lot of commercials for it either. It was kind of like a, a, a whim to go see it. I saw it with a couple of friends, but none of us knew until we came out and we were like, wow, that was pretty cool. But it, it, it at least leads you along the way of what it's doing. This leads you along the way of a serial killer movie and then the end, it's like, but we're doing this to introduce you to the supervillain. Like, if this had not done that, if it hadn't been the ultimate ending was a guy with powers is the the last personality, I think it would have been a better film. It would have been a better story. Yeah. It would have made more sense. It's just a thriller, not a supernatural. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what I would like better. I guess I've seen a, those thriller movies, so I guess I'm glad this one's different. Like the the girl who's gone through so much trauma, being the ultimate survivor of another traumatic event like this, 
that's an interesting story. There's a lot to that that I could like in this. But it it feels like I told you all that shit just to get you to point B so I could tell you point C. Yeah. No, that's he, a great point. He's not he's not a great storyteller. There's a lot of fat and bunk and bullshit. He's got and a great eye. It, it, he's got a good eye, but there's yeah. like oh, fake psychology and fake phenomenology. It's 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 just weird. He's also the Stan Lee of his own universe. Yeah. Yeah. Because he shows up in this film, he shows up in yeah. Unbreakable, he shows up in all of his other stuff. I wondered if it was the same character. I kind of wondered if it was like uh he he's a drunk or no, he's a drug dealer at the, the game, and then he goes on to kill the preacher's wife in signs and and now he's like trying to make ends meet by working with a psychiatrist who he probably has he had to get a bunch of therapy with himself. <laughs> And he and he lost his great job as a doctor because because uh, he lost his patient, a uh, well-known psychiatrist. I, lo- I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's amazing. So, uh, guys, I gotta I gotta go soon, um, but I wanna but I can't go without talking about Ninety Day Fiance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, I was laughing too hard. What'd you say? Can I can we take just a few minutes to talk about 90 Day Fiance? I just I listened to you fucking assholes talk about X Men for 45 minutes. We can talk about 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> I still don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's great. That shit went down this weekend. 90 Day Fiance is is lit. Oh god, it's such oh, a great fucking show. Man, I fell asleep. I fell asleep in the last 20 minutes of 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> How did it end? Describe the last 10 days to oh, us, please. How did it end? All right. The last thing to happen on the 90 Day Fiance Instagram is that Larissa and Colt are divorced. Yeah, yeah, Larissa and Colt divorced. Yeah, we cracked up his face, and then there's all kinds of other. Did, yeah, but did, did you see why she freaked out? Over porn, I think. Yeah, she found uh, that he had signed up to and purchased a porn video. Let me That's tell it. you, if my wife hit me every time I did that, I would not have any deep. Also, who or you would ejaculate a lot. Who pays for I don't, who pays for porn? He's an idiot. He's so Suckers. Norman Bates, it's unbelievable. He How, literally yeah. quotes Norman Bates. Yeah, Jack. did you notice on uh, when they were driving to the reunion show that he had the seatbelt go under his titty? <laughs> he has such a sick set of man tits. What Corey, do you know the show? What's that? Does Corey know the show? What channel is it on? TLC. I know that Matt didn't do it. Fucking what do you, what did you say? It's on TBS? TLC. <laughs> it's on TLC. <laughs> oh. And it takes it documents people trying to get a K-1 marriage visa. Mm-hmm. So it's people that are trying to get green cards, but some of them are scammers and some of them are in love, and they're all fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. If they're scams and they're being videotaped, then how do they get visas? Because a lot of times it's stupid people. So there's a dude from Wisconsin that's on it. Like they're breaking the law. That oh, oh my god, yeah. With the one in Wisconsin, dude from Baraboo, yeah. So, so here's the thing: it'll all be worth it as long as Lita turns out to be the world's greatest doctor. <laughs> so they'll probably be like a 15 years later where we're checking in on them as naturalized citizens and stuff. I hope so. Well, a lot of their relationships fall apart. Yeah, but the chick he's talking about is married. She got married to a dude in Wisconsin, and. On the show was like, yeah, I just moved here for my medical career, and he was just like, it's okay, she likes me, <laughs> and that's what the most of them are. They're like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah you're all right, and they're like, they love me. The show, but I, you can't be on the show. It would, it would break the whole, it would ruin everything. It's so stupid. I, I feel kind of torn because, as ridiculous as it sounds, I just watched the anniversary special about the Bobbits, 
And it's like, God, if we were not enwrapped in that when that shit was happening, I would have watched a TLC show of that a hundred fucking percent. Yeah. I at ten years ago I watched every episode of John Kate plus eight in like a week a marathon oh. thing and I loved that too and I was like following them on social media and I just thought it was such a cute story. Now I know why you're miserable all the time. <laughs> this was before any of the scandals and everything. I was so heartbroken when John turned out to be cheating on, on Kate. And then when Kate became like kind of a stage, it was just a very sad story. But those first couple I mean, of that, years, Kate's those, haircut is the the <laughs> haircut I was talking about earlier. Really? That's hilarious. I'm pretty sure that is hundred percent it. Like like half of an eight, we've come full circle. Oh fuck! All right, Shyamalans. Yeah, ben, what, what are you gonna rank this? Ben, Ben, what are you gonna rank this movie? One to five. Both of them. Both movies. Both of them. They're both pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the the uh, Unbreakable. Uh, I hope to never watch it again. You can go zero to five. Z- uh, Pretty one. sure Unbreakable is getting a zero. Okay, give it a one. I give it a one. All right. Uh, split, split um, out of five, uh, a three. Huh. Uh, split down the middle. I'm I'm curious to what, what what glass is like, um, but I think these movies are pieces of shit. I'll give you a hint: half full. Yeah. Uh. yeah. I um I like the village. Might be my favorite one of his movies. Yeah, it's uh, not and I like signs. I love signs. Uh, but mostly what I was taken by while wa- when watching um, uh, uh, Unbreakable was how unpleasant it was. And it took me a while to realize that that was like a symptom of it being a thriller. But it just moves from like one unpleasant, uncomfortable scenario. Yeah, it's very the- sad. Everybody's just moping There's around. There's no happy scenes in his movies. I, I, it's, I'm not into that. But it, it does end happy for his relationship with his wife. I mean, the That's family true. itself comes back together. And that that I think is different because it's usually a little bit darker. Although I guess the kid gets happier with his mom at the end of Sixth Sense. But he his family heals. Yeah, but that's why yeah, Signs that's why Signs, Signs Signs actually has uh humor throughout the whole film. Yes. It's one of the only ones. Yeah, Lady in the Water too. Lady in the Water's got quote unquote humor. That was called Giamatti. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, the the comic book stuff. I can't get past. I can't get past it. <laughs> Just, it looks like there's more of that in in Glass. Well, I'm certain. He's like he just pulls stuff out of his hat. He's like, I believe that comics were a form of history we forgot to tell. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, you. Well, let's. I mean, you could also just take it from the standpoint that he's. Fucking retarded. He's nuts. Yeah. yeah. He's Here's my hope with the class is that Sarah Paulson is going to be on the new uh, series from the guy who does American Horror Story and stuff. I forget his name. Uh, not a big um, fan of the the shows and everything. I Ryan think a lot Murphy? of Ryan Murphy's yeah, yeah, Ryan Murphy's stuff. I think is is more missed than hit for me. But she's going to be playing a young nurse ratchet. So I hope in Glass she just sits there and puts a pillow over everybody's faces. <laughs> I like her in Bird Box. All right, guys. See you later. All right, later, buddy. See you later, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry I didn't finish these awful movies. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You didn't finish the awful podcast either. So you watched the whole movie. You know how long we get a podcast? We do it for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) It's still pretty short for Jack being on. Man, I gotta watch nine times yet. I gotta watch True Detective tonight. Oh fuck! I forgot that starts tonight. Boom. True Detective. So behind on TV. 
Good day. All right, take care, buddy. We're gonna go see Spider Man. It's so good. When do you want to? When do you want to do that? You think it's gonna be in? Yeah, let's let's schedule it now. Let's pick a theater. Yeah, that's fine. We'll get the tickets on the phone right now, live on the air. Yeah, that's fine. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, take care, man. I was good to see you again. Later. Um. So, Matt, what would you give this movie? Let's get this. Let's since we're all ranking it, let's get the ranking out of the way. But, and we're not done, though, are we? Do you need to get going? I, I have, I have a little. Longer. I fully intended. I expected this to be over three hours. No, I don't. I told, I told you. Okay. When you asked okay. me, I told nope, you that, I'm that, very, very. This has been a long week. If it stops, it stops. I just, I. That's why I, I started. That's why I wanted to do this earlier because I, I want to get the rankings out of the way in case this went so four we, hours. I just wanted no, to make no, sure it wasn't that late. That way, that way, I can hang out up until the my last drop of energy, and we don't have to worry about wrapping up the show. Fair enough. Um, I gave it a one, uh, unbreakable one point five, and split a four. Okay, Corey. Actually, I'm almost exactly the opposite of that. I'm I probably a four on Unbreakable, and yeah, Split 1.5 sounds solid. Hmm. Okay, I will do a three for Split and a 3.5 for Unbreakable, and I think there's a 0.5 margin of error for either of those. <laughs> Does that work? Can yeah. you put margin of error into your spreadsheet? Yep, I am right now. <laughs> margin. Uh, here's a couple of notes left I had about the movie. Uh, I would wanted to see more of the identities. Uh, it works that you can't really overload them. Uh, and it was cool when they all started coming out at the very end. Um, but if you have 24 to work with, and I know you want to save some for the sequels, I would, it would have been curious to see. And the ones we did see, they seemed a lot. I mean, I know we only spent like 30 seconds with them, but they seemed much less interesting. Like they seemed like like they were just tacked on. They didn't seem like they were special at all. Yeah. I didn't like that. Um, so one of the personalities, Jade were, um, Casey finds the videos on the computer like one of the ones where you hear the audio is of her I think and then she comes out later so yeah. it's like yeah. did, did they and only Orwell do that too. what's that Jade Norwell I think are the, the the two we see in the videos are all the two we the two that yeah. come out later so it's like did you only do that so that you knew already yeah probably you're probably right, right. yeah you know, we, we don't have to treat the audience so dumb. I would have. No, I and it's it's like, and I know you've made this point on your on the Simpsons podcast when it still was uh, happening. But it's like sometimes a joke happens, and then the 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 answer is spoon fed, and it's like you don't need to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like we like a little challenge. Well, well people used to like a little challenge. Apparently, they don't anymore. Or yeah, I don't. Know. You, you like Deadpool? You tell me. I because I I like dick and fart jokes and i think deadpool is just a fun dick and fart joke movie i can absolutely see matt of all of all superhero movies that's the one that he's going to lean towards and that's what i like about deadpool is because it it adds to the sense of like everybody can pick one well i I like dick and fart jokes too i love dick and fart jokes i just think i like good dick and fart jokes and i like rick and morty has good dick and fart jokes yes that's true deadpool i think has very lazy where he's they're not even jokes he's saying dick and fart and that's the joke i think i think no i but i'm better than that i'm not saying i'm not (laughs) be be better be best i like rick and morty too but sometimes i just really like a an easy dick joke like just at face value, a dick joke. Oh, I think I like my dicks harder. I'm sorry, but I sometimes I like a good hard dick too. Like I'm not like I, it, it. Just it depends on the mood. I don't. I I like 
I, don't, I think Deadpool. But I here's the other thing: when I go Deadpool. when I go see Deadpool, I know what I'm getting. I know I'm getting straightforward dick. If I'm going to sit down and watch Rick and Morty, I want to think about my dick a little more. I got to say, I like Deadpool more than I like Logan because I think Logan had a lot of a lot of things that were okay, but I think that its opinion of itself was much higher than what it deserved. Where I think Deadpool knew exactly what it was going to be and went 100 percent into it. Yeah, if Logan wasn't Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, uh, if you take out the fact that it's an X Men movie, it would be just a you know, mediocre drama about like a road trip drama with the old man. You know, there's there's been three thousand movies like Logan out in the last thirty years. And mm-hmm. people just happen to have superpowers. That's that's why. And it was a sequel to very silly movies that weren't like it. But I so I like I, I think Logan's successful at being a X Men X Men film. But you're right, it's totally overrated. I still think it's better than Deadpool. Do you guys like Family Guy? See, like Family Guy, I can watch it. And I know I don't watch it, but when I watch it. There's usually three, four, five, six jokes in a family guy where I go, that's fucking brilliant. And then there's like 90 jokes where I'm like, what What are you not even trying? Well, the problem is the family guy got rid of that 10 jokes a long few seasons ago. Brilliant ones. It's so rare. We still watch it, but we both kind of look at it like, why are we still watching this? It's easy to digest, too. It's a very. Yeah. And it's better than The Simpsons. (laughs) It's, it's It's a watchable show. Yeah. American Dad's better. That's what I've heard, and I, I did watch a bunch of American Dad years ago. Um, my my girlfriend at the time was a big American Dad fan, so I would I would she would put it on at like two in the morning. She she slept late, and so yeah, I, I would I I watched a lot of American Dad in that context. I never marathoned it, and it, yeah, it seemed seemed pretty good. Yeah, I, I think uh, they put out the Cleveland show just to try to make Family Guy look funny. Still, <laughs> I'll I'll tell you what, like Family Guy, I started watching it again. It's not it's not what it was. Right. But it's still once in a while. Like I think of all the shows that have been around for 15 plus years, South Park is still the best. South, right. South Park I think yeah, I don't know. I think the it the drop in quality for South Park is just is huge too. Yes. Maybe not as Simpsons and Family Guy. But it was such but, a high. And mm-hmm. there once in a while you get a great episode mm-hmm. and on, on, they, on the they've... Simpsons I've only seen that with in the context of my my podcast. We've only seen one legitimately good episode. And for me, I still don't think that episode is as good as the classic years. No. Whereas no. South Park, every once in a while, I think it's gotten much worse in the last, like, say, th- not much worse. It's still a good show. But, like, uh, the line of it gradually going down while the other shows are going straight down, I feel like it's starting it's... to get steeper. But the Amazon episode yeah. I thought was very good. The season finale this year, the, the two-part Amazon episode, I thought that was the best South Park in the last, like, three or four years. Um, South Park, I don't, I don't like it as much when they started incorporating like season long story arcs. Oh, I like, I, I like that. I don't mind that. Cause it, they don't, it doesn't usually get in the way. Well, and I'm not saying I dislike it, but I think that was kind of the point in which it started to, to downslope because they, that's they, a good they, point. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they stopped cool. relying so heavily on everything that's pop culture and they started actually having a story. Now it's still funny, but like, I, I don't, I couldn't tell you the last time I finished a full Simpsons, a new Simpsons episode. Well, the thing yeah. about South Park is that it's usually very topical. That yeah. that sense of like they start an episode that week and finish it that week and then make it air just a couple of days later. That that was what was always impressive about it. So you would just be watching it, and yeah, it would seem like some of the story was like there's a plot and B plot, and the B plot is the stuff that's topical, and the A plot is the stuff that's not. But they they work seamlessly to make it all happen. 
Um, but now it's all every episode yeah, is one of those. Now every episode is an issue episode. Every yeah. single one. Whereas back in its prime, right. they did they had episodes that were evergreen. Like uh, the the my favorite episode is the season eight premiere with the uh, anime and the Japanese weapons. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, my Scott, favorite part Scott is the Tinnaman, song. You know, Scott Tinnaman must die. It doesn't isn't topical. That could have came out any, in right. any episode. And like I think of one of South Park's problems is they've felt like this is their identity, and maybe it is. If like if you if there's so many animated shows now, you have to like lean into your niche but i i miss the more well-rounded south park <laughs> and i also don't like a lot of the fucking I, like anti-pc uh politics but, uh, right I, I, that that I, I can't stand that shit but the the thing with family guy to me jack you might understand this is you you probably know about comedians who like to lean into the audience hating what they're doing like they'll do an act and and you'll just see them bomb like i really cannot stand uh one of the guys on the current uh, Saturday Night Live. Um, Pete Davidson? Kyle Mooney. No, Kyle Mooney. Oh, oh, Kyle Mooney really? oh come on. Did not do a single thing, a single thing on that show that I like. And it's not about him as a person, but his characters are basically about, like he does that comedian who comes out and does like the worst jokes ever and he just bombs. And it's supposed to be funny, but it's never funny. But that's like his entire career in that show to me is just yeah. him not being funny. But do some people, like a lot of comedians really seem to like when a bit just doesn't go anywhere where the audience hates it. And it's kind of like the same thing of the internet of trolls of like, we're just trolling the audience and family yeah. guy trolls the audience a lot. I like that. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that, that. They want, here's a 20 minute musical act because we know people will complain about it on the internet tomorrow. Here's, here's a, just like leaning into as far into physically abusing a woman character because we know it's not funny, uh, but let's just make as harsh a statement as possible. And just like, they do things to piss people off. They killed Brian off on the series for a while. Yeah, I remember that. The dog. And they put on the most annoying character. And yep. it was to make the most annoying character exist mm -hmm. so that you'll you'll want Brian back. But it's not like Brian's not still terrible. But it was <laughs> like they tried to they made things specifically not funny with that character for yeah, a long I time. Like I, I, I don't like that. I have very Seth MacFarlane is very interesting to me. I'm very happy for his success because it's ridiculous like how young and super talented guy and consistent and he's just crazy talented and he has an incredible work ethic and i think that's uh missing with a lot of people if somebody has a work ethic of like him or a seacrest i go okay you know what you deserve some millions of dollars um and it's funny most of his things for me are very hit and miss family guy i said there's jokes in one episode that i love and that i hate uh his movies i think the same thing can have very funny uh, overall aren't great and then i'm watching the orville now because i'm a big star trek fan and it's fun I, I i think it's a failure of a show i don't mm -hmm. think it's very good and i keep watching it because it is very good at what star trek next generation was good at just being disposable kind of watchable you know interesting and i like what it's doing too i like that it, I, most people critics seem to hate that it's basically next gen it's like not even trying to be different i don't mind that at all i like that and i like the working class like kind of jokes of uh like they talk like regular people talk but they're doing it so like in the, one of the last episodes they go uh now sir they've let now they're firing 20 photons at us and seth mcfarlane in the, in the middle of the action scene goes neat uh and like that's funny to me i what i don't like is again lazy fart and dick jokes when they do a fit fart and, like it's funny because it's a dick joke but it's in space that i don't like <laughs> so it's right. a dick in space yeah, so so it's it's amazing to me how like no matter like what you just described for me is exactly what I've been going through with Orville and I I guess, I guess it's I don't know I guess it's just McFarlane I don't know yeah I mean I 
I think McFarlane's very funny, and I think that early Family Guy was more his baby than it is now, and I think that it's it's tanked because he's spread himself thin, he's done a lot of other stuff. And and I believe that if it wasn't for the fact that it was such an institution for Fox, that he probably would have ended it years ago and moved on to something else. And he's moved right. on, but the show's still going, and all he has to do is show up and do voices. Mm. Uh, all the voices, but whatever. Um <laughs> but I, I watched the first couple episodes of the Orville and I just couldn't get into it because I found the humor was not good humor. If it was an yeah. actual funny show, yeah. I would enjoy it. I, I have no problem with the next gen comparisons because yeah. I'm not watching uh, Discovery. I'm not yeah. into that at all. But I would uh, like no, I, I to agree. have that show. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And it's a shame because sometimes the jokes are good. There's an episode that's really well done where they're watching Seinfeld on the big screen in the bridge. That's very funny. Why wouldn't you watch a sitcom? Why wouldn't you use the bridge screen as Netflix? That's great. Is that any more or less ridiculous than listening to the Beastie Boys in the third <laughs> Star Trek movie? Yeah. So like that's but they need more jokes like that. A lot of the jokes are, again, it's just dick jokes in space. It's 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 like it, it adds nothing. I would rather it be really funny or really sci-fi. It, it's just not enough of either for it's me. Very media. It's actually very mediocre drama. And that's the other thing. If you're going to just be a drama and not even be funny and literally just be a dramatic next gen ripoff, the drama is so lazy. It's so just people telling their feelings. It's just, I don't know. It's very bad writing. If it wasn't a sci-fi, like Star Trek Next Generation, the characters are always doing things that you would go, oh, in that situation, that's what I would do. Or maybe that's not what I would do is like, I get why he did that. Bad writing is when somebody does something to, for the story and you, you literally go, why, why would they do that? You know, right. if you see yourself going, why would they do that to something you're watching? That's because it's bad writing. And the, the next gen was very good at not having that. You know, the special effects could be story lame. The story could be lame. It could be a crusher episode, but every character is, is actually very uh, unique to itself. And every character does what you would think they would do in that situation. Orville is literally just like, now we're going to go uh, down to the, and, and fight the uh, monsters with no weapons. Shouldn't we bring a weapon? Ah, we're good. It's like, and then they have a scene where they don't have weapons. And then what, how do they get out of this one? And it's very just, it's just, you know, they bring weapons. Yeah. Does that make but, sense? No, I, I, no, like you're not preaching to the, the uninitiated here. That, that's how I feel about it. And, and, and there are people I know who are really into it. I, I think, uh, Brad, who runs this network and everything really likes Orville and I don't take any issue with it. I like Matt. I'm also not the biggest sci-fi person in the world. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's I mean, really easy for me to that. say that show's not for me. <laughs> nobody's perfect. I'm really yeah. into boobs. So sci-fi is kind of well. Then you should watch Orville because there's some uh, really attractive people on that show. Well, watch Watch Total Recall. You like boobs? <laughs> Not <good>. the remake. <laughs> there's th the one that he has three of them. When I was in eighth grade, I was dating a girl with giant cans, and I told her that that was my favorite part of the movie, and I think she broke up with me because of I it. love that. I love that. That's supposed to be sexy, and like in the movie, it works. You know, oh. it's, and it's weird. It's Total Recall. But can you imagine, like, you you meet a girl, you you met her on uh, <laughs> what the fuck. Yeah, and you bring her home, and you're you're making out. You had a couple of drinks, and you open, you pull over her sweater, sweater, and she just has three breasts. I would probably be like, Hua, Hua, Hua. <laughs> like, like, it, it I, just it fulfills a Douglas Adams thing for me. That's all it was. It was like the triple-breasted prostitute of Eroticon Six from uh, <laughs> from the Hitchhiker's Guide. That's I was like, okay, now I've seen a triple-breasted prostitute in a movie. Great, <laughs> yeah. you know, list. nothing sexy about it. Uh, my goodness. Um, I had, oh, I didn't like this in split. I only have two, le two last notes. I didn't like that. The psychiatrist was like, um, 
the whole time she wouldn't believe that he's, you know, like what you were saying before about it, why she wouldn't believe there's a 24th personality. But she also wouldn't believe she was so skeptical. She's like one that can climb walls. That's ridiculous. But her whole like career seems to be around proving that this could happen. And like she's talking about body chemistry and stuff. And every time she's talking to somebody in this movie besides uh, um, uh, James McAvoy, she's like defending the idea that these can give you superpowers. And then as soon as the, the breeze comes up, she's like, no, that's impossible. Well, also her whole shtick of like, fuck, I, I realize that I'm being manipulated by this guy. I can call him out on the fact that I know that he's doing something wrong and the personalities that are coming to the head are dangerous and have dangerous thoughts and are trying to bring out something more dangerous. So I'm just going to randomly show up at this fucking zoo in the middle of the night and walk in by myself and hope he doesn't murder me. <laughs> it was very, yeah, yeah. Again, again, if you're asking yourself, why would the character do that? It's not great writing. Yeah. And it's like, uh, hey, I, I'm actually going to get to leave here, but instead, let me use your restroom <laughs> so I can investigate further in a way that I don't know the police could. Yeah, yeah, I mean, come on. Or at least go during the day with somebody, for Christ's sake. Also, why is the whole thing taking place in a zoo? And where the fuck are the other people who work in all of those lockers that are just an earshot away from girls who are screaming and getting murdered. <laughs> Why is he the only one who has access to this section until the next day when a guy shuts up and says, you don't belong here. Fuck, nobody belongs here. <laughs> and does he live there? Is that Kevin's job? Right. Or is that or is that the, a job they got after they had permanently taken over from Kevin? Also, at what point in a conversation on a walkie-talkie do you decide that you're just not going to believe anything a young girl is saying to you about being kidnapped and just hang up? <laughs> you can't hang up a walkie, though. And he—that's th a guy that they come out later on when he's when the dude is walking her out of the place. He sees her, he looks up, and he goes, "Oh shit! Yeah, he makes I'm going to get fired." Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I know a white person killed these girls, but I'm gonna get blamed because <laughs> yeah, brother, you didn't do anything. <laughs> I don't know. I I would oh god, I would hate if I ever got a call like that. Like help I'm being because I, I would it would take you would have to really convince me it wasn't a, like a prank or something. And then I would be like, oh, should I call 911? Uh, but I always call 911. But then I gotta put my pants. I will on. I will take the stitches for snitches because I don't give a shit. I'm yeah. calling the police. Yeah, I, may, I don't. Know, maybe it's a New York thing because if, if I had that, if I had to take that hard philosophy, I'd probably have to call the cops every five minutes. There's always somebody screaming or you, running away outside. Well, Jack, what you really should do is call zero one one eight nine 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 eight eight one nine 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 one one nine seven two five. Ah, this jumps over my head. That uh, was from the, the IT crowd. IT crowd. I have it if you I want to watch it. I really think you would like it. I know, I know. It's on the list. Everybody tells me to watch it. I can get it for oh, you. Oh, God. I, I, I just watched it like last year. I, I finally sat and went through the whole series, but I think that's from the first episode. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's in the first series, at least. Uh, there's, yeah. there's, like, there's like 50 shows I really have to watch. It's like That's like that's top 10. There's like 10 I really have to watch, and I just, I just haven't had time. Oh, watch, shit. Watch Orville. I can only watch these terrible shows that are on my DVR because I can't commit to like an actual marathon of another show anymore. I'm like halfway through the fourth season of Bosch. Like, and uh, that's um, Titus Welliver. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love him. He's a great actor. It, that is a good damn show. 
uh, but the episode I just watched was really rough. And for me to not go on to the next four episodes to come <laughs> up and do this was hard for me. Oh man. I no, I get it. I, uh, what was, cause I watched split and unbreakable this weekend. So I, that was like, that was my TV time for the weekend. I didn't get to catch up on, I caught a little up on Voyager. That's what I'm doing. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I got a, there's a couple of shows. I, I might do Mar marvelous Miss Maisel. Night. Oh no, no. I want to do killing Eve. That's the show I, I told myself I would do. Oh yeah. And now true detective. I got to do true detective. Yeah. Now the true detective is starting again. I have to see if I can wipe the taste of the second season out of my mouth. I, I never finished it. I banned the second season. I don't want any new shows to come out. Give me like a year to catch up. <clears throat> Corporate like, starting thought, again soon too. I thought the Punisher was back today and I was, and like I turned it on and it's like, it is available next Friday or something like that. And I was relieved. I was like, Oh, thank God. I don't have to sit through 12 episodes of the Punisher yet, but I'm going to watch him. I, that's my OCD. I guess I, I didn't make it through the second season of iron fist, but I don't know how I made it through the first season of iron fist. Daredevil season three was so good that it's just like shit. Now I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I think, I don't think the Punisher is supposed to be very good. I, I don't know. I like the first season of the Punisher. I enjoyed it. I, yeah, I, I didn't have the problems with it. I think some Punisher purists did, but I was never a Punisher fan. Yeah, even Iron Fist, uh, you know, which was probably the most flawed one. I, I did. I don't think any of them are bad. I just they're none of them are good. Like great, even like Daredevil at its peak, it was. They're always like four episodes too long. I, I think in in a lot of the it, the first season of Luke Cage did it where. <laughs> They like change the villain halfway they through. Broke it up into two seasons, basically. And and it just it feels so like, hey, we had something really good going, but now we're gonna fuck this up. Uh, second season of Luke Cage was a little bit of a struggle for me. I think there was some good stuff there, but it was still it was not as watchable as the first season was. Iron Fist just never seemed to improve from the first season on. I watched it for Colleen Wing. She's uh, great. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have much rather it was a Daughters of the Dragon show as opposed to Iron Fist or Luke. Really, I could see Disney doing that. I could see because if Disney brings them back to their streaming service, but with uh, more toothless and less bloody, I, I could see them doing a, a, a like a PG thirteen uh, Daughters of the Dragon show where they GI Joe it and like everybody's shooting lasers at each other, and nobody gets hit. <laughs> Oh, that ship just blew up, but there's a parachute coming out. But they do that. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the, the first uh, Disney Marvel show, they, yep. nobody uses guns. They use icers. They tranquilize you. Until it switches up partway through that first season, and then you just see blood dripping down somebody's <laughs> hands. You're like, oh, shit, got real. <laughs> but they were the Disney lawyers weren't looking that day. Yeah. Uh, excuse no, me. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. God, I was just going to think, I'm like, is, do I should, I, should I pee? Should I make a tink tink break? Or, and now Jack's taking a pisser break. Pause and come back. Dude. No, can... nope. Because I don't want to leave you here by yourself on YouTube because it is very uncomfortable. It's happened to me. That's okay. I mean, it's happened to me too. I just Garth it from Wayne's World. <laughs> into the screen. All right. You're Garth in it. I don't like this. Uh, I don't know Stephen Strait, but apparently he's friends with Brandon. So hello, Stephen. Uh, welcome to the chat. Thank you for coming by. Uh, I saw Beatmaster tell me to fuck off earlier or to shut up, Meg. That's all well and good. I don't know. I've only caught a little bit of the chat here and there because it's hard to like talk so much on the show and then uh, see what you guys are doing. I don't know. I fucking... The Disney thing, it's like I don't believe that the Netflix shows are going to come over to Disney. I, I don't think they're going to keep those actors. I don't think they're going to keep those storylines. I think they're going to start all over because doesn't 
don't the shows stay with Netflix? Don't they retain them? So it's like we're not going to have you continue your your story over here when you have to find the first few episodes somewhere else. It's the same thing as what they've had to do with Fox and uh, Star Wars if they don't get those back and they can't publish them themselves. So I, I'm kind of really iffy on it. And it's too bad because I think that those shows... For all the, the faults that I see in them here and there, I think they're good. Have you ever peed? Have you ever pushed your pee stream so hard that you've gotten lightheaded? Oh, yeah. I'm lightheaded okay. all the time. I, I, just, <laughs> I just did that. I was like, I'm trying to piss so quickly. I'm going to pass out. You got to understand, my, my dick is the most powerful portion of my body. So When it's doing something, the rest of me just kind of has to slag and fall over. Wow. I just wow. have a hole in the middle of the bathroom floor, and that's what I hope that it's going to land in. Well, you should work on your aim. It's not aim. It's like I, I blacked out, and so I just I have one of those uh, public restrooms at a gas station kind of things. It's just like, Ooh. Hope it all goes downhill. I would, uh, God, I missed, I missed that, huh? You didn't miss it. You just <laughs> no. weren't here for it. Oh, I like that. That's that's almost like a, a Hallmark card. <laughs> you didn't, I'll tell that the next time. I, I poor Ben. I, I didn't go to his wedding, and I really wanted to go, and I couldn't go. I had to drop out. And uh, because yeah, weddings I, are terrible. There's uh, a lot of reasons, but uh, I, I don't like reasons. I didn't. I didn't even like going to my own wedding. So. No, I wanted to go. I was dying to go. I, mm. Circumstances kept me. But uh, I should have sent that card. Uh, I didn't miss it. I just, I just, I wasn't, just wasn't there. there. <laughs> <laughs> that has to exist somewhere. Now I'm going to look uh, for it. I like my wedding. Um, uh, tell me about your wedding, guys. Your weddings. I, uh, I, I would like to think uh, if uh, I had more money to travel and uh, I had known you guys then, I would have... I would have came. I would have been a table nine. Um, well, Corey, Corey, when did you get married? I think we should do this uh, in chronological order. So about five years ago. Okay, so I guess I won because we're seven and a half or something. Okay, all right. So uh, before we move on, so you, you you've been married seven and a half years. How long have you been in a relationship with your wife, Matt? Uh, just over ten years. And, and Corey, how long have you been in a relationship with your forty-five? Nineteen. Yeah. See, so he kind of wins. He just so okay. Hey, you want you want him to go first? Then no, I wasn't really saying anything about going first. I'm just, I, I'm just saying, like, I, yeah, the I'm longest just... relationship was my last five years. Yeah. So the, I guess if we're going with that, this is the the first time. This is the longest relationship I've ever been in by far. The only other long term girlfriend I had was like one year. And yeah. Her, yeah, her dad had, yeah. would tell me every time she was single, even when Alyssa and I were engaged and living together. Yeah, I've only had two girlfriends as an adult, and uh, and one long term one, like for a year, two years, or whatever, in uh, high well high school, and then maybe two or three like month long, two month two month long, you know, when I was a teenager. Yeah, uh, but I've only had two two relationships as an adult, and one was like two and a half years, and one was like five, but. Um. Yeah, I don't know about I don't know how my wedding would go, but I want to know what your what like what was your wedding? Was like a big family wedding? Was so it, uh, I, I, okay, what do you want to know? Like specific. What, what was your wedding song? That would get set the mood for <sighs> the first song we danced to. 
don't, don't you get like a wedding song? Is that, isn't that what, I don't know. I, I don't the, even know what finger the ring goes on. It's, it's, uh, your wedding song is the song that you dance to, I think. Yeah. So our yeah. first, the first, our first dance as a married couple was Little Hell by City and Color. Okay. And Corey, what was yours? Uh, we didn't have one. We didn't have any music. I, I actually, that's not quite true. Uh, he didn't pay my the friend, licensing. Stepfather, the, the Gregorian chant. My my friend's stepfather, uh, who's a very talented musician, showed up with a guitar and amp and everything. Oh, that's awesome! But we didn't yeah. plan on having any music, so the my wedding was kind of like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree, <laughs> where it was supposed to be very simple, very you know basic, and people showed up and kind of brought more to it. Okay, okay. That's cool. Yeah, I, I don't know what my uh, I was I when I thought I was going to marry my last girlfriend. I, I it looked like it was going to be just a city hall and uh, go to a nice place to eat thing kind of thing. Um, but I who it depends on who I meet. I could see myself. I, I don't know. I, I I like smaller weddings. I think they're more intimate. I think there's something to it. Um, ours was not because Small? no, my mom invited all of her friends. So it was like a whole catering hall. You got a whole catering hall. Oh, it was. It was. It was at a hotel in Oshkosh, um, right off the highway. So okay. So the ceremony was at a place called the Payne Art Mansion in Oshkosh. Payne, right there in the name, huh? P A I N E. It's actually a, it's, a, it's a super fucking cool place, but we could only have like eighty people invited to the ceremony itself. Okay. So we had to do like staggered invitations. So it was like, who did we want at the ceremony? Who, and then who did we want at dinner? And then who did we only want to invite to the reception? So that was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, um, but that was really cool. It was in November. And oddly enough, it was like 60 degrees in November in Wisconsin, which doesn't happen. <laughs> so God was shining on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we have pictures outside and stuff, and it was really cool. Um, I, I don't remember much of the ceremony. You drunk? Um, no. So <clears throat> you like customary to get your, your, your spouse a gift. And, um, in high school, one of my, my best friend died in a car accident and, um, there was, it was three of us. It was me, my friend, Billy, my friend, Nate, Nate is the one that passed away. Billy and I still talk to this day. I was best man in his wedding and I wish he was best man in mine, but I have a brother. So yeah, 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 no, it's always good to go with the brother. I like that I have a brother. <laughs> it, it, it'll it'll keep a couple a couple of my close friends from getting offended. So when my brother was married, I was not his best man. Oh, and he got married after me, but that's a different story. Um, so Alyssa got me, um, cufflinks with Nate's pictures in them. Oh, that's that's yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, so I, I so I wore those, and it was before the ceremony, so I naturally started crying. You know emotional yeah, yeah, emotions are high that day yeah and uh, one of the guys that stood up is uh, my longtime friend james from kansas who owns this glassware company who has the shitter was full cup <laughs> um and i had got him a really nice bottle of scotch he likes scotch so that was his groomsman's gift was this bottle of scotch and, and a flask so when i start fucking tearing up he just hands me the flask so i drank some scotch so i was not drunk but it was just like there are only bits and pieces of that portion of the day that i remember plus you're running on so much adrenaline that yeah i barely slept the night before Uh, you know i was i was staying in a hotel and i didn't even get to sleep in my own hotel room i slept in someone else's because i just couldn't sleep um we had a nacho cheese fountain that was like one of the one of the few things that i really wanted i'm like this will be really cool instead of chocolate let's do nacho cheese and by the time I got to it, because every time you go, like you walk five feet, someone stops you. 
Yeah. So it's like I get to the nacho cheese fountain and I'm fucking hungry and it's gone. Everyone <laughs> ate it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So the oh, only no. other thing, uh, my wife really likes Spotted Cow, which is a local to Wisconsin beer. My dad's like, I will buy you guys a quarter barrel. Well, they put the fucking tapper out. So by the time we got to the bar, that was gone. Oh. So I was like, oh, God damn it. So, yeah. And so your wedding. You kind of had to expect this. Um, it, yeah. It was, it was just the only other thing I remember is someone who was not invited showed up and started drinking beer. And we had to be like, hey, that guy has like he can stay, but he can't. He doesn't get free beer. And then he left. Um, <laughs> fast forward. All of a sudden, it's midnight. I'm like, holy shit. We made it to the end of the night. And um, one of the few bands that I wanted to have played by the DJ, he didn't play them until everyone was leaving, which I thought was kind of strange, but weird. uh, Backwards. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Um, So we're we're, fast forward to our room because it's our wedding night. Mm -hmm. It's going to go down. And Alyssa's like, do we have to? And I'm like, fuck, yes, we have to. So I let her eat some think, cheese, and then we know. got. I the, don't. Th- I don't think most couples uh, bang on their wedding. I think they. I don't think though. so either. Uh, we had we had discussed like, I mean, I guess all, all this full disclosure here is like we were saying like hey, we're not going to have sex for three months leading up to our wedding, and we'll we'll have sex on our wedding night, and that'll be like you know. So that's why I was like, this is happening. I'm like, I don't care if you're awake or not. This is happening. <laughs> no. And it was very short and. <laughs> I fucking yeah. It's just yeah, why would you want to start off the marriage on that note? This is it. Here's what you get. This is all you get for the rest of your life. No, because that way she can tell her friends every time. Last night was better than my wedding night. Yeah, <laughs> she's not. It's yeah. You set the bar real low. You can always. Uh, Where do you go on your honeymoon? Honestly, Minneapolis. Yeah, we were we were gonna go to. There's a there's a place. Um, it's like two hours north of the cities, and it's called the Viking Inn, and it's like an all inclusive hotel. But it's like you live like a fucking Viking. So it's like, like it's everyone like stone, and there's like bear rugs. And, yep, and you like, drink out of a big out. stone oh mug, and every you know it's just family style. And um, leading up to it, Alyssa was just like, you know, I don't, I just don't want to go. And you know, in November driving to the you know northern Minnesota, it's always a crapshoot. Um, Whose idea was it to do the honeymoon at the Viking Suite? It was mutual. Okay. Yeah. So we I'm changed. Forcing it on her. No, 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 no. Yeah, it was something we saw on TV, and we we're like, that'd be really cool. Um. So we we changed our minds, decided to just go to Minneapolis because we have friends out there. Um, uh, our friends band Johnny Rook was playing, and um, Johnny Rook is like an acoustic band mixed with like crack. So it's like they're they're straight acoustic rock band, but they're like super fast, really high energy parts. Like there's actual screaming in it. We used I met them when uh, and when I was in when I was in my last band, Sky and the Execution. We would play with them in Minneapolis. They would come. Um, I still stay at one of the dudes' houses, so I still talk to him. So that that was like what we did, and they ended up breaking up shortly thereafter. So it was like really cool. Um, Way to Yoko Ono it, Matt. (laughs) I showed up and everything fell apart. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, so it would, you know, we just decided to go hang out with our friends instead, and it was like that, well, sounds, well, that sounds great, though. That sounds like a great time. We had we had fun. It's not like I don't I don't know if we necessarily would have had a good time if we went to the Viking Inn. You know yeah, what I mean? Uh, I mean so what at least are you doing after the sex? It's you know. Yeah, it's, everyone heard the walls are shaking. There's cum um, dripping off the walls. 
Oh gosh. Well, Just I'm like a, real Vikings. Yeah, I'm a messy fucker. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so we just decided to hang out with our friends, and that's awesome. Yeah, I took her to Universal Studios a couple years later. Very cool. Very not cool. for me, not her. She hates The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, what did you do for your honeymoon? Uh, everything about my wedding was the opposite Anal. of Matt's. Um, so I was unemployed. So instead, Vikings, so instead of Vikings, what you went to uh, ancient Japanese ninja? <laughs> we went to the other section of Westworld. Uh, no, so I was unemployed for about a year, a little over a year uh, before our wedding. And it was it was a matter of like we'd been planning our wedding and then I got laid off from from Best Buy and we kind of were like, should we just go ahead and do it? Because we've been waiting this long. We bought the house instead of getting married and the house turned out to be a big mistake. But uh, let's just let's just go ahead and get married. And we talked about eloping. But we had went to our friend's wedding, and it was my friend, or Aaron's friend, Rebecca, and uh, and Rob. They got married at Rebecca's parents' farm uh, in their what was essentially their front yard. And it was so sweet, and we talked about it, and we had looked at different places to get married locally and everything. And I'm like, God, it, we just really loved Rebecca's parents' place so much. And we talked to Rebecca, and Rebecca talked to her parents. Her parents are the greatest people in the world, and they said, sure. And so we'll nice. host your wedding. Uh, so nice. yeah. yeah, so we went up there. We we rented a, a tent for outdoors. We actually got married in the backyard, so it was at least different. Uh, invited my mom. My mom said, you have to invite your Aunt Holly Ray, or she'll be really pissed at you. You don't piss off Aunt Holly Ray. Uh, so my mom, my stepfather, my aunt, uh, my Uncle Charles, who was the uncle that I modeled myself after as a teenager, was a guy with long hair and bands and stuff. Uh, my favorite person who has been performing weddings for a number of years. Uh, he, he's an ordained minister. Uh, he came out to perform the ceremony. It was kind of like, I want to ask Uncle Charles. I don't expect to make the trip to California from Michigan, but he did. My Uncle Kenny came, and then all our friends that were local. It was about a three-hour drive to where we were in Red Bluff from, from where we lived in Sonoma County. All my friends came up. We all basically stayed at the same hotel for the weekend, and uh, I showed up at at the wedding now, Erin had uh, terrific cramps that day. So she gets on some pills that my Aunt Holly Ray gives her. And she's blitzed for most of the day on this medication between that and the pain. And I show up and immediately my uncle comes up and see me. He goes, all right, so I need to talk with you about, you know, where where the, the musician's going to play. And I'm like, what musician? And where's this? And I walk in and it's like, Everything happened when I wasn't there. I like tried to do some pre-setup the night before, but I show up and it's all very different. And everybody's there and it's all set up and it's just beautiful. Oh, that's a, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, we had gotten a caterer to bring food. We had uh, tiered cupcakes. So it looked like a wedding cake, but it was cupcakes going up. And the, the topper was a giant cupcake. <laughs> uh, so the wedding... The wedding happens. It's wonderful. It's everything I want. It's not all of the production. It's just really simple. It's our friends. We hang out afterwards. If I had had to pick a best man, it would have been my best friend, Anne, uh, who was there for it. Erin uh, kind of had her friend Mike stand with her, but not exactly. We didn't choose anybody, but that it was always kind of implied. My friends had thrown me a impromptu bachelor party the Friday before at our usual D and D game. And then one of my best friends, Michelle made a Batgirl cake uh, with, um, with breasts on and everything. And then shoved 
part of it into her chest and then shove my face into her chest. So it was really awesome because I told her that she was one of my best friends and she just was so impressed with that, that uh, that's how that happened. Um, and then the night after I went to San Francisco to see a taping of the horror movie show that records down there locally. And they have a bunch of, they have a live band and they have uh, the, the cave girls and stuff. So it was a lot of, BDSM style women and then the two hosts and everything. And I didn't talk to anybody like almost the entire time. I talked to the guy who plays the fact rat a little bit just when I first got there, but nobody knew that this was what I had chosen to be my bachelor party for myself. (laughs) But we got up to Red Bluff. We did the wedding and then we had gone to the same restaurant in town for like every meal while we were there for the couple of days before the wedding. And then we went there by ourselves after that we had, had food and stuff but we were just so tired and so exhausted we went to this restaurant it was just me and Aaron and uh, she got a I think she got a porterhouse or something like that mm-hmm. and I got a burger and we were just so relaxed after that it was like it was just we were so done with our day and then we went back to the hotel we did not have sex but she ate the entire cake topper herself <laughs> <laughs> just that's like awesome, butchered though. the hell out of it that's and then that's like that's bliss. Why, why stress yourself out with the uh, you know like bungee yeah. out of a whatever you know all these crazy weddings? Yeah, we didn't have a honeymoon though because we couldn't afford it. We could barely afford the wedding, although we wound up making money on the wedding with what everybody gave us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we we stayed that night in the hotel. I think we stayed one more night after that. Everybody else had left, and then we went home. And my parents, who had driven out to California, came and visit us for a little bit during a few days, and then it was just like trying to find work after that but it our wedding was we considered it perfect because it was exactly what we wanted because it had nothing to do with what anybody else wanted as much as like we wanted it to be approachable we wanted it to be fun and just intimate and it was like probably 30 people tops um and the invitations i had written up the the save the dates myself and everything so they're really cute and they've got our pictures on us we did took some pictures at our kitchen table and and put them up there like a calendar thing uh, but it looks like when you go to get your pictures taken at the boardwalk and you have like those four shots, that's how we did it. Oh, that's cute. And then uh, a couple years later, two of our best friends who went to our wedding had decided that that's what they wanted to model their wedding after. Uh, now, they did it more local and it was bigger. They had a lot more people and they had um, the the husband, Scott, his nephew DJed it. So they had actual music and dancing and things. And it was a lot of fun, but it was just really sweet that they liked our wedding so much. And yeah. then they had Aaron and I perform the ceremony. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, yeah. So that that made us feel even more like we did the right thing. And what's the, what's the, what's the phrase? Plagiarism is the sincerest form of flattery. Something like yes. Yes. Yeah. See? See? That's uh, Did you guys know this? Did you guys know your own wedding stories? No, I don't think we've ever talked about it. I, I think Matt secretly doesn't actually have a wife. Because you never see yeah. her. Just once in a while, I just play angry yelling in the background at dogs. I think it's just a real doll that he just like pulls out every once and dances in front of the like Kevin screams. in Home Alone. Yeah. And just... yeah. Well, if I ever get married, which is probably never going to happen, um, if I ever find somebody who can tolerate me, uh, you guys should come and and I'll be there live from my wedding. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> and... Marriage of terror. Heartbeat. Um, do we get to talk about the parts that didn't go the way that we wanted them to, to now? Can we save that for another episode? Because I am beat. I, yeah, no, no, no. That's fine. All right. That's fine. But Jack, you still have to rate the movies. 
Uh, I did. Uh, yeah, he three, did. Three point oh. five and uh, and a three, 3. with a point five margin, margin of, of error. error. That's right. I have a so margin of error. Be, in so I might go down to a two point five for split. I might go up to a four for unbreakable. Nope. But nope. I don't. I don't. I, I'm a quantum. I give quantum ratings. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you jump into the middle of the movie and, and Al tries to get you back out by pushing buttons on the whole time. He's hoping that maybe the next the next rating is the last. Yeah, my, my Schrodinger's ranking. I'm going to steal that and use that on my own podcast. All right. You can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. You can email us at pod at gncast.com. You can leave us a message on the website. You could follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, but you won't. They should. They should They're not me. going to. You can follow the. You could subscribe on iTunes. But you won't. They could. They should. Yeah, but they're not. Stitcher, Google Play, any which whichever one you're not going to follow us on, that's available. <laughs> well, I, to be fair, I don't follow you on any of those. That's fine. <laughs> uh, you can leave us a review at bit.ly/potreview, but you're not gonna. No, uh, all subscription options and links can be found at gncast.com/subscribe, but you're not gonna. <laughs> Finally, you can join us on Facebook for the entire network, uh, the Galactic Network, but you won't. Actually, there's quite a few people who do follow the Google Network. It has nothing to do with us, I'm sure. No. Well, what no. kind of quality? Uh, what kind of quality uh, stuff do you tweet out with the podcast and Twitter uh, account? What kind of you get good horror movie gifts? You should ask. Uh, funny should, hashtags. Yeah, what, what do we get? What's what do we get from the uh, from your Twitter? Besides, do you just Silence. literally just link out when there's new episodes? I don't even do it that often. Yeah, seriously. I think he likes people who mention us <laughs> without mentioning the. Because I feel like himself. I have to. So what I tried to do back in the day, and I, I, I no longer keep it up, but I'm trying to get back into it, was I was like, I'm going to devote 15 minutes a day to the podcast no matter what. 15 minutes. This was when we were really like every, you know, we were doing yeah. two episodes. A week. And all that would, most of that would just be like going on Twitter and either like retweeting a, a listener or just coming up with a funny Simpsons gif or commenting on one of the popular hashtags with the Simpsons gif. Just I remember just getting a newsletter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that we have the newsletter is... Uh, that's all Dan. I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do much with that. But uh, it's, it's, I don't, you know, if, if you did that with your Twitter, I bet you you'd see your followers spike. Because there is a horror movie community out there that mm-hmm. haven't found you yet. Just like, I don't know why every time a, a discussion online uh, for this about how The Simpsons isn't good anymore comes up. I don't know. We've, we have not done our jobs where we don't come up at all, like on the thread. But, uh, it, you know, you got to market yourself. Right. Do a horror movie gif. Give me a horror movie gif. You know, I, I use the Facebook page every once in a while, but it's mostly to promote someone else that's friends with us. Like if I see PJ has got something going on, I try to post it to the Facebook page when I see it. Uh, so if I see stuff. some of Tori's articles, that kind of stuff, because it people have been so supportive of us and this show that I just want to support them back. And and yes. I feel like the people who listen to the show, listen to the show. And, and if they're not into social media and shit, it's not like we're good at that stuff, yeah. um, but thank you for listening. That's the important thing for oh, that. Yeah. But if no, I can, if I can say something good. like, "Hey, our friend Anthony has got his new movie coming out," and and point it at anybody who might pay attention to our page, that's what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. And that's a good incentive for people, for your listeners to listen. You don't have to get a, a, a silly gif or anything, but if you like podcasts of terror, and you might like their friend shows, so your words should be bond, or at least a, a good suggestion. Yeah. So people, so I, 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 if there's one listener, I want to get you one extra follower. I want to see if you have one follower. Let's just stick with Twitter. Keep it simple. Okay. Uh, I want you to have one additional follower by the time you have another new episode. So I am beseeching, if you are listening to this and you have Twitter, 
and you're like, I could follow him, but, but you know, who cares? I, I get it. We all have our shows like that. But I'm telling you, if you are one of those people in that majority, eh, just go on. Give him a follow. It's not going to kill anybody. Hmm. Yeah, that, that should be your motto. Podcast of Terror. It's not going to kill anybody. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to kill anybody. All right. I want to see if I can get you that one follower. You're probably going to lose followers. I think we're going to get more followers <laughs> if we actually kill people. All right. Here's here's what. Okay. I'm going to look right now to see how many followers we have on Twitter. What's our number before yep. my proclamation went out? Yep. By the way, we're most likely to get new followers uh, when we have a guest on that we haven't had on before because then they'll follow us. There's that. <laughs> but see that you don't have that this time. Me yeah. Then we, we have Jack on for the 15th time. Oh, my 15. My I actually don't know. Let me check. Um, we have 211 followers on Twitter. All right. Let's get it to 212, baby. Boiling um, point. Jack. I do love the fact that Jack was here for 150th, though. Oh, this uh, is our one. It does work. Yeah, it does work that way. Jack, one, two, three, oh. four, five. I believe you. I believe this is twelve. Hey, Baker's dozen minus one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have to go. I'm losing it. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, this is number twelve for you. So we'll we'll, we'll make it to fifteen one way or another. Um, but yeah, Jack, where do you want people to find you? Uh, you could. I need some followers on Twitter actually. For the first time, I, I I'm following more than getting followers, and it's been bother- It's only like by five or six, and it's been bothering the shit out of me, my OCD. So uh, I want them back to matching equal. So I need like six or seven new followers. Jackie No Breaks and is on Twitter. Jackie and No Breaks. Yeah. J a c k i e n o b r a k e s. Cause <laughs> I don't stop. Just keep going. <sighs> Listen to worst episode ever in nineties percentile also. Oh yeah, yeah, my podcast. Yeah, go listen to those. And maybe Gremlins three. We'll the nice thing about those podcasts is they are both evergreen shows. There's no reason to feel like you're coming in at the wrong time because it's not about keeping oh, up with the symptoms I've... month to month. It's keeping up with the symptoms as as the worst shit they've ever done. And uh 90s percentile, nineties already happened. Guess what? Well, you can go our... and listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But all of our inside jokes build on one another. So that's true. Uh, so you also have just to listen to the all of them in order. Yep. <laughs> it's worth it. I don't make it easy. I don't make it easy. That's why I'm single, and that's why I don't have any podcasts at the moment. I don't make it easy. Uh, Corey, where, uh, what are you? Do whatever you Corey's want. Corey's at, uh, come on, Corey is at. Uh, Captain I know Temerity I know, I know on Twitter. About, I, I know all your names by heart because I'm on Twitter so much. Yeah, it's no, Captain, but... Captain Temerity on Twitter. It's C. Christian Scott on Instagram. Uh See with a period after it. Uh, my Twitter, I still don't have access to. Wait, what? Uh, I lost access to Twitter when my I switched cell phones recently, and I couldn't get them to uh, accept me. I sent in to tech support. It's been a couple months now. They haven't given me access back, wow. and I feel uh, a huge weight off my shoulders <laughs> of trying to pretend to like Twitter for the last 10 mm. years. I don't <laughs> give a flying fuck. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm more than okay with it. Last week I was talking to our guest about TikTok of all things. And it's not like I'm somebody who's getting around on TikTok. Yeah. I signed up for TikTok for like three days. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so what? There's a billion social media things out there. Uh, and I'm not good with any of them except Facebook because that's where my family is. I don't recommend anybody who's not on Facebook to get onto it. Um, can I tell you? And if you're uh, smart, you'll leave. Can I tell you, I saw a really funny. I don't know what TikTok really is, or I've used it, but Just, I saw a really funny sh- meme sh- on Twitter that said. Um, if you're trying to use TikTok like it, TikTok like it's Vine, it's just like in post-apocalyptic movies when people are doing puppet shows and burnt-out TVs. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought that was such a brilliant comparison. That is pretty good. 
Like, I don't know what TikTok is, but I already now have an idea of what it is based on that, uh, that metaphor. It's like 15 seconds of, of mouthing to music or whatever, or, or scenes from movies. It's it's just basically it's mimicry, but then they have a live aspect of, of people come on there and talk. They have You can do a whole video yourself that can be stretched past that 15 seconds if you want. But it's 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 just it's like what Vine was. Right, right, right. All right. The That's, best thing I probably, I probably don't have time to No, you don't. The best thing on TikTok was people it was it would play the beginning of the YMCA song and then they would take something out of the fridge and oh, walk yes. and I walked up to someone and as soon as the song would kick in they would throw it at them. It was <laughs> you would hear like the slap of the cheese hitting mm-hmm. the face. Like I saw somebody running cheese underwater in the sink and then walking through the house and then all of a sudden you hear that young man slap yep. and the cheese would just be in that person's face. I don't know why that cracks me so up every weird. time. That is the whole reason I stayed on TikTok for three days. TikTok for me is mostly, it's just like Instagram. I just like everything with cats and dogs. Yes. All right. Let's, let's wrap this up so Jack can go to the couch. <laughs> I have to, well, actually, it's a, it's a couch right now. Well, I turn it to my bed. Yeah. Yeah. You just you go. <laughs> 36 inches behind you <clears throat> on this pulpit um cory do you have anything you want to push or did we cover it for you uh hey our guest next week phil rude is is going to be on and uh phil's a friend of mine for a number of years and i was on his podcast recently but he just launched a comic book on webtoons uh, not a comic book but uh like pages of a comic story on webtoons and it's a it's a sci-fi thing with a cat. He's probably going to talk about it next week, so he'll be able to give the URL and all that. But uh, Phil's a great guy, so you should definitely check him out. And he's a really talented artist. So that's what I'm looking forward to, and that's what I'm enjoying this week is Phil's stuff. Don't forget your extra Twitter follower, so that you have that to look forward to this week too. Have <laughs> to Jack, you're gonna have to remind me at next week to make sure that we have two twelve. I'm not gonna remind you. I'm not gonna do it. Again. I'm not gonna remember either. That's why. God damn it. It'll useless. be great. That's fun. This uh, is why it's so important to us to get an extra Twitter followers. So we can so not we can pay attention if it happens. Yeah. All yeah. right. It's funny that the generation of burnouts is the generation that that brought podcasting into. The- yeah. <laughs> we love podcasting, but we're also fucking tired. We got jaded fast. <laughs> um. Yeah. Took us 150 episodes. All right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and untapped at Mental Lifeguard. Next, so Corey already said it next week what we're doing. We're watching The yeah, Descent with Phil Rude. He should do this stuff. He's much better at it than you. I've I asked him to, and then he yeah, doesn't have a TV, a TV large there. enough to be able to read it from across the room, so he made me do it. <laughs> we're gonna, well, we're going to get him a teleprompter. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> when he moved back to California, or when he moved back to Michigan from California, we lost all of our Amazon affiliate income. I wanted to buy a huge scoreboard. It was like 100 bucks, and it was this gigantic score, scoreboard, and I wanted to make it our 60-second uh, timer, 60-minute timer. Oh. It, it's one of the main, it's one of the many, many reasons I now realize I should have never left Wii Studios. It was a big, it was a huge mistake. I mean, I, I've saved thousands of dollars that I, like, I don't know what, I, I don't know how I could have pulled off staying there, but I, there's a bunch of reasons why I should have, and one of them is I would have been able to convert uh, permit. I would have been able to make a permanent studio space with my girlfriend gone, mm-hmm. and I would have had that clock, and I was I was ready to buy it. Oh, it would have been so cool. But we, we, one day we'll have the studio of our dreams, boys. One day. One day. Yeah. When you move to Wisconsin or Michigan. Because <laughs> I am What's not. A, what, is there a state in between? Minnesota? Nope. There's a lake in between. Right, I'll lake. move to the lake. I'll be that. I'll, Jack, I'll Jack just going to live on a, on a water on a lake boat. In the middle of the lake, and there'll be a or line down. Half will be Corey, and half will be Matt. Yep. And, and it'll be equidistant. In the middle, we fuck.
Fuck. We have a very small <laughs> island next to our house you can live on. It's it's teeny, but it's probably bigger than your apartment right now. And I think everybody who listens to the show and has gotten to know me knows the whatever whatever my end is, it's going to end up with me like alone on some island. It was always that was the the destiny all along. All right, so that's going to do it for another episode <laughs> of the podcast. Here we will talk to you guys next week. Stay scary, everybody on Twitter. Bye.